have I got a story for you. It's easy to picture the life of a rock star. I mean, fuck, we all have. Sold-out stadiums, fans fawning over you, piles of cash, and endless stashes of drugs. Party all night, we don't sleep type shit. What about the journey to that stardom, to those stadiums, to those fans? The grind, mile, 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 on long country roads, just headed to the next gig, always searching for the next gig. When is the next gig? Until it's not. And what then? You come on a podcast and tell stories about the epic days that were. But first, speaking of epic, a word from today's sponsor, Andre Psyche. AndrePsyche.com is gone, but Andre Psyche, the man, waiting for you to be a fan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is alive and thriving. You see, dear listeners, Andre has adopted a minimalistic lifestyle for materialistic things like websites, cars, mattresses, his hair. However, there is nothing minimalistic about his creative libido. It is fully stimulated and viewable on most social media platforms. Andre is a freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, actually just had an art show, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up. Andre Psyche, P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you're looking to friend or follow someone outside of your social circle. We are also brought to you by Lighters. Whoever figured out on-demand portable fire? Thank you. Actually, sir, I'm sure you're just a quick duck-duck-go-away. And it was that easy. 1823, Johann Wolfgang. Props to you and your descendants, sir. Can we all honor this German genius at the next concert you attend, dear listeners, and light one up at the next love ballad that is near and dear to your heart? We here at the Getting to Know You pod need a little bit of your help. Our sound recording equipment is in dire need of upgrading, since we don't actually have any official sound recording equipment, and we are hoping you would be kind enough to help. Support the Getting to Know You pod by going to our Patreon and subscribing to the pod for as little as $2 a month, because your support is the only way to better the quality of this podcast, and is always much appreciated. Don't have any cash, but still... Want to give a little something to the cause? Push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. You can go to your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, friend and follow the pod, or shit, man, go to Apple and write a review. Right now. Might as well. You know it's going to be good. Those cost nothing but your time. And finally, we are looking for sponsors and advertisers. If you or someone you know has a business or brand and would like to expand your market reach, consider partnering with us. We get to know people from all around the world. Podcast is downloaded coast to coast in the United States and in countries like Canada, the UK, Australia. Just to name drop my three favorites. So, if you or someone you know are looking to get more traffic to your site, more followers on your social, more purchases of your product, more clicks on your whatever. Just message us. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. 
I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. On today's show, we are getting to know Dominic. Dominic, who I honestly don't know where you're coming from, but the first question you ask is, are there any off-limit topics? So I'm super fucking excited to talk <laughs> about that. Thank you so much, Dominic, yeah. for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for having me, Sean. This is awesome. Um, like I was kind of telling you before, I was like, I've talked with and, and sort of um, – interviewed people before so it's really cool to have someone ask me questions and i don't have to come with like a super important game plan and try to fake professionalism <laughs> yeah and so your instagram i normally try to do some instagram stalking on my own um and i right. don't follow people because what i found early on I, I don't follow them before they come on the pod because i found okay. people will be very nice and pleasant and i guess they're just seeking followers and then i get ghosted and i'm all by myself candle lit wine, yes dude and then i'm you know zoom in alone and <laughs> right so i wasn't able to see anything about you through social media i'm curious what's the deal with you interviewing people do you work for like some sort of music magazine or something so um i'm a fellow podcaster as well okay um when when me and the missus uh, got married and decided to move out of California to Oregon. Um, after the band had split, like we had, we had just gotten signed, and then our drummer had, had you know decided he didn't want to do it anymore. So me and my wife kind of looked at each other and were like, "Are we going to try to scrape together to make ends meet to like maybe look and walk on the front porch of a house, or are we going to actually like, go somewhere we can afford something?" Right. Oh, so um, I was I was born in Reno, Nevada, and I I had moved to to Southern Oregon as a kid for like a, maybe nine or 10 years. And I grew up on a farm and we had horses, pigs, and chickens. And I kind of came from this really, um, I mean, dude, we had two VHSs. Okay. One of them was dancing with wolves <laughs> and the other one was a national geographic. That was like a recorded one that had the killer whales and it had a uh, silverback gorillas. And it was that killer whales where they're throwing around the dead seal. Right. So it was, it was awesome. <laughs> Definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, so coming from that sort of small town mindset, um, especially in a, in a town that was pretty rural, you know, like people had land, people had acreage, had small little houses, right. but like 10 fucking tractors, everything was kind of topsy turvy. It was weird, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I moved down to LA to Monrovia, California to live with my dad for the first time. So I really got to know my dad at 14 years old. Um. He was mostly this, this guy that we just would come visit for a month and he would buy us, you know, whatever we'd take us to go play basketball, do this kind of thing for like a month or two in the summer. And then it was back to you know, living with mom up in Oregon. So me and my brother take the plunge and we moved down to Monrovia, California. And that's where kind of, I think when I was younger, I was pretty much a big wallflower. You know, I was always like the short friend. I was kind of pretty good at skateboarding, but not really good at skateboarding. I was pretty good at soccer, but not really good at soccer. So the things that I, I got into, I was always like, I, I did, I did great. I had, a, I had a decent social circle, but I never kind of I never spazzed out and just had fun with who I was. I was always kind of just more, I cared a lot with what people thought when I was younger. I remember high school just being a fucking nightmare. I was like, is my hair spiked all around perfectly because I'm from the nineties and that's what we had to do. So I, I, I got to pause you. Tell, tell me some of the like product problems you had. Did you have like three or four? Did they run out of like your favorite 
I don't know, like oh, gel, um, and then you wound up trying hairspray or some shit. Because I remember just trying to figure out how to style hair without any guidance, and yeah. I, was, I fucked myself over so many times. Hairspray was like the the cheapest and the easiest, but once someone touched it, and chicks would always touch your fucking hair, it would go fluff ball, and it was over, and then you looked like a goomba. So I always kind of liked the um, the thick hair mold. You know, the stuff that comes in this jar that's like this fucking tiny. It's like $37 at some lady's yeah. hair salon. Yeah. That's the shit. And I would sort of like Liberty Spike like my hair out a little bit. You know, like the old twist and turn, the Atlantis Morissette kind of thing. And, um, and yeah, so, and I also remember, um, I also remember, God, what did I fucking, do you remember your first cologne? Like, like the first one you were like, this is, this is my scent. This is who I am. We're going to rock this. You know, I'm pretty anti-cologne to be honest with you. Cause I feel okay. I, I feel there's a native natural attraction that I want to emanate Ooh, and okay. I, I want to, I want to yeah. get that vibe. I'm not, I don't want to be funky. I'll deodorant, right? I'm anti-odor, yeah. but I want my pheromones to dominate. I, I don't want a lab. I don't want to be synthetic <laughs> Sean. <laughs> right. You know, there's something, there's like this weird window in time where it was probably like late eighties, maybe mid to late eighties and then mid to late nineties where like Cologne was like Aspen was okay. Like you were, you were trashy, but you still had it, you know, yes. uh, cool water was a big one. So you, I think in junior high, I had a, a bottle of my grandpa's old spice and I thought I was the shit. That's dude. the worst. And I smelled right? like a 67 year old man in those hallways. That's probably what it was. Dude, it was. burns the nose hair right out of your nostrils. <laughs> it's like that A1 commercial. It gets you, it gets you righty. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Okay. So hold on. So where, where are you at? You're based out of the East coast. Yeah. Delaware. Delaware. Okay. Delaware. I want to say I've, I've maybe played in Delaware once in my life. Who knows? Oh, no shit. So we have, yeah. um, um, they bill it as the world's most famous rock and roll bar, Dewey Beach, Delaware. There's a place called Bottle and Cork and there's a place called Rudder. Okay. Um, it's a basically um, right on the peninsula. So you're almost going up the Delaware Bay towards Philadelphia. Um, and it's a beach right. town. It's kind of hailed as like a party frat college town. Um, so oh. I think if you came to Delaware, you'd probably either go like Wilmington, which is um, not the capital, but the biggest city we have in Delaware, or do okay. I would imagine. I think we might have done Wilmington okay. um, because and and this band we were like um, we were coming out at this time, it's like two, probably like 2013 to 2015 when the pop punk thing had come back. You know where where people really really liked um what's that band that all jumps at the same time good charlotte and fucking uh, um okay. you know like when 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 Blink. it was almost like when punk went like like the pop was embraced you know it wasn't kind of made fun of by like no effects fans and pennywise fans it was like sort of like oh there's money here these 21 year old kids that are in some small band without a label are selling merch and and, and they're making a killing you know and it, it, it was like this whole revival of oh. um of pop punk. It was weird. Cause I'm 37. So I was kind of obstinate to it. You know, I was like, dude, you're, you're no, you're not, you're not telling me that a newfound glory is a sick ass pop punk band. Like I don't, it's crazy <laughs> to me. I, my age wouldn't allow it at first, you know? Right. Also, I was a bit of a music snob when I was, when I was younger. So I've learned to, uh, after having a wife and kids who, you know, tell you a lot that they don't like your music, you start to kind of open up and, and get out there a little bit. Damn. That's, that just seems harsh. <laughs> Well, you know, my wife is, I love her so much. She's Filipino. So she's very chill about everything. Uh, okay. And she's like, a, she's like a nineties R and B sort of TLC girl. But uh, when we're in my car, it's, it's usually just punk or whatever, you know, I'm feeling John Prine or, 
you know, if I want to go down some weird alley like that, she usually has to just succumb, you know, because she doesn't like to drive anywhere. Because I fucking drive everywhere, so I command the radio. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for you to mention some more punk punk rocks that I, punk bands that I have no idea about. I never got into it. when you said pop punk. I didn't even know that was like a thing, but I immediately thought of Blink One Eighty Two. Like, would Blink One Eighty Two be like almost like the genesis of yes. pop punk? Okay, MTV, yes. right? Like now off, you're getting it. Yep. Offspring. Would you count Offspring as that? No, right. I would say it's almost like Offspring was punk alternative. Because okay. they did, dude, and it's funny that you say the offspring because when I was 18, um, Dexter Holland became my boss because the band that I was in got signed to his label. We went out to dinner with this dude and he was the quietest, just like, we went out to this Mexican restaurant and he, and he just talked about like how he flew planes and all stuff and I was like, dude, you're an offspring and you're talking to me about fucking planes? <laughs> Dreams shattered right away. So it just wasn't like, that's not cool enough for you. What were you expecting? Just orgy was, stories? Well, to me, I was like, dude, I'm never going to afford a fucking plane. So let's not talk about planes. Like let's talk gotcha. about some shit that I got like a skateboard, you know, what I mean? gotcha, maybe a gotcha. shitty GMC S15 Sierra truck. That's three different fucking colors. Let's go on that vibe, Mr. Huntington <laughs> Beach. No, he was a great guy. Um, it was really cool to be on his label because I was like, I fucking, I remember walking home with those yellow Walkmans. They're like the sports Walkmans oh, and having their shit. tape and they're having like smash or ignition in there and just being like, I'm the coolest fucking kid in this small podunk town, dude. Okay. I thought I was the shit yeah, yeah, and rightly so. Yeah. It's, it's funny growing up like that for us, we thought we were the shit when we went boom, we went hip hop boom box, but we tried to be different and we, um, bumped nirvana right so like yeah. rape me and we would just walk around singing that shit and for some reason we thought we were so cool <laughs> being like we'll eat your cancer when it turns black and we'd be like yelling at these old people on porches just kind of trying to be like rebels and it, it was something, cause, dude and it was something about like pre-internet because we really felt we were like educating the neighborhood on what good music was like nobody <laughs> knows about this You're like you need to hear this shit, Jimmy. Exactly, roll your windows down. Exactly. Exactly. And then, <laughs> then you realize just how dumb you are. But it, it's fun. Like it's almost oh, a rite of passage. Listen, man. I I wore jinkos. Yes. I yeah. wore jinkos in my life. I I like pretty much through all of school. Even at my heaviest, I was like 55, 60 pounds. I was a skinny little shit, dude. Right. And I remember borrowing my buddy's pants and he was like a waist 46. <laughs> and I remember folding them and they were purple by the way. So what the fuck? And then I had to fold them a certain way and set them up with the belt and you couldn't see my shoes at all. And I thought I was, again, I thought I, we thought that was the shit, dude. That was, that, Why? It's, it's, it's amazing how Genco came through. You know, I get, maybe it was, wasn't ICP, the Insane Clown Posse, didn't they go heavy into Genco and maybe that's what killed it? Dude, well, they kill a lot of things, kill a lot of dreams. <laughs> There's a lot of really shitty tattoos and music out there, and they're responsible for both. You know what I mean? <laughs> My best friend uh, used to be really into ICP and into uh, Cottonmouth Kings. Do you remember Cottonmouth Kings? I, I can't remember the song. Didn't they have, they had one or two songs, right? Or I shouldn't yeah, say they, they had one or two songs, but I believe they were known for one or two songs. You, yeah, yeah. I think they had some like kind of almost radio hits, maybe local radio. But um, it's just a bunch of fucking stoners, 
you know, like white boys don't rap. It's fucking hilarious. You gotta love it, dude. You know, some of the beats uh, were really, really tight, but I always used to make fun of my buddy for for liking that music. I was like, you fucking come to me and tell me that Mill and Colin and all these bands that I'm into are not punk rock enough, and you were fucking listening to Cottonmouth Kings. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> love you. Fuck yourself. I love you. <laughs> Dude, I thought, like, good or bad move for Snoop Dogg to associate with ICP and get on one of their albums. Like, the fifth, sixth album was when Snoop came on. You're like, oh, shit, dude. ICP yeah. is about to, they're going to take over. They're, they're, yeah, ICP <laughs> just got legitimate for one moment because this motherfucker passed a blunt to him. You know what I mean? But he's Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, I mean. He just sells out. He, Snoop Dogg pimps himself so hard. He's like yeah. Shaquille Like, dude, he man. was in that fucking Starsky and Hutch movie. You know what I mean? Like, he, he fucking... He's at he's at like those uh, Comedy Central roasts. Like, what the fuck is he doing? It's hilarious, dude. Yeah, he's because no matter how gangster you are, when you become a dad, dude, you're like, you get corny. There's a part of you that becomes corny, and it becomes okay for the first time ever. For the first time ever, you're like, oh, my kids are super into this, dude. This Powerpuff Girls is pretty tight, or whatever sort of demons you have to slay. You You know what I mean? You can't you can't deny Dora or Bob the Builder and all that shit. Like whatever the like the fucking Paw Patrol, like you'll you get something into it, man. What happened to that Blippy guy though, bro? Cuckoo And this, and I think we all saw it coming because, like, the dude was literally like out in a grass patch somewhere. I'm like, come on, let's go. And there's just something. I mean, he's got no. When you're doing that kind of shit, and you don't have kids. It's weird. It's very weird. Like I said, you gotta have the kids to make the corny socially acceptable. At least to me. And who gives a shit about what I'm saying? But yeah. I saw you nod. So now you're in greens. We're in cahoots. Let's go down together, my friend. No, I I think it it the dad not only the dad bod but like the dad jokes and maybe it's just because your your circle grows with you. That you're allowed right. to embrace it, like you, I don't know if I don't know if like I'm going to bars trying to flex and pick up somebody with like no. the oh god f- Teletubbies, like some sort of like really cool wiggles, <laughs> like really insightful wiggles humor, and right. thinking I'm going home with the girl I met up on Tinder with. Yeah, like I think that's a deal it's, breaker. It's more awkward than anything. These no days, shit, dude. but you're like, gonna fucking kill it at the barbecue. Like everyone's gonna be rolling at the barbecue. And because you're not worried about getting the bejijij or the, or the peepee, whatever your preference is, um, <laughs> once you once you're not trying for that, dude, it's you're you're just like I am untouchable. Welcome to my fucking sick ass Traeger grill. You fucks are welcome. Take your shoes off at the back, not the front. I got the marble floors. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's the natural cologne. You no longer need cologne. You're just confident in your own pheromones talking, dude we're talking pheromones it's, it just came back around we're talking pheromones dude it exudes that's hilarious old, old spice is out you know what's really funny I, I have a business partner um i just recently got into construction okay. and um i got into excavation so i fucking use giant excavators and skid steers and all these really cool machines say, um, all so day cool. oh man it is scary as hell because these things can crush and kill you at any given moment but once you're in one and you've got these joysticks and, and remember like remember when you were a kid and you went over to your buddy's house and he was like one of the first motherfuckers with like the flight simulator on his PC computer right. and you're sitting there with that joystick and you're just responsible for that little fucking 2D, 3D sprite. Yeah. It's like that, but you can cause thousands of dollars of damage to this person's foundation, house, whatever. Or you can rise above 
and you can be the king. And dominate. And him. every day I'm trying to be the king, but I usually fuck shit up. But um, he has made fun of me, dude. Since I've started working with him, we take the same workshop to you know to the job site, and I'm sitting there, and I I like I kind of pride myself on not being smelly. You know, like that's kind of one of those things in high school. I was like, oh man, you got to be legit. You got to smell good. Kind of stinky nuts. Kind of weird pits. Like you got to get it together. And and so I, I bring that same intensity and respect to the fucking work truck. And I have um, high endurance old spice deodorant, not an antiperspirant. Okay, you hippies, just deodorant. <laughs> and it's and it's like this real basic smell, you know. And yeah. I don't wear like we just talked about. I don't wear cologne. And he's like, dude. Is do you, smell, do you smell piss? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, there is a piss. There's a chemical piss tea tree oil, Trader Joe's bathroom piss smell that I'm smelling. And I'm like, what are you fucking? So he kept saying this, and he was like, dude, I don't wear deodorant. Smell my armpit. Smell fine. I guess his mom, since he's been a kid, has never made him wear deodorant. Wow. So he's never had that bad smell. He's never had bo. Yeah. Isn't that trippy? That that can't be true, man. I think you got my laid. fucking There's mom, no dude. Way. My single parent of three kids, mom dropped the fucking ball and got me deodorant, dude. That's, at age, I don't know, ten, eleven. So, do you think the same would work? Like, if you never brushed your teeth, do you think cavities are caused by toothpaste? Because that'd be the ultimate. No, <laughs> I think cavities are caused by the things I love to eat, stone in the middle of the night. Because I've had like three cavities in the last three years, I'm like, dude, this is not coming from the fucking Caesar salad. This is coming <laughs> from the ube ice cream, dude. And yes, it's another Trader Joe's reference. Two times. <laughs> um, how do you go from rock or from music to excavation? That's an interesting <laughs> flip. Where you just is it well, like the first farm of all, roots? You do, you do two things that you said you were never going to do, and you said them out loud to everybody, even to your wife and, and the mother of your kids. I was always like, I come from divorced parents. Most of my friends come from fucked up families. And when the parents are together after like so many years, they're just like weird. So I had this, I had this real like fuck the world negative connotation to the whole um, institute of marriage. And then me being the middle child, I saw my older sister and my younger brother have kids. And I was like, fuck that, dude. Look at these people. They're sad, they're miserable. They both have more gray hairs than I do, and it's because of the fucking kids. And I just was like, I I, I just want to play music forever and just die in a van somewhere. Like just just put if it's if I'm 45 and I'm just too old for the scene, just throw me out into the gutter, go get a new singer, and fucking continue the journey. And I thought that's what I was gonna do. And like all great dreams, Sean, a woman comes between it. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I met my wife and I just was like, holy shit, I want to fucking marry you. And I want to put babies inside of your vagina. That's the two things I remember saying to her, first of all, like the first date. First date? Um, no, I'm just kidding. That'd be, dude, I'm, I don't think I've I was ever been say, that brave could... to a female ever in my life, dude. Uh, see, I started picturing like, could she hear you with the bag over her head and her muffled screams going through it? In the back of your, you van. would think so. <laughs> like, but a smart man has the the, the earplugs, and then you put the back. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you want that double sound. <laughs> I don't know. Now, now it's getting scary. Now we're talking about a whole different kind of podcast. <laughs> Criminal history. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when it, it would be like, what was the show? It was Dateline, right? Where they used to like expose the pedophiles by coming yes. over, right? So, like, wouldn't yes. that be a cool podcast concept where, like. 
I actually know you have some weird criminal history <laughs> and I dupe you, you into coming research. on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this socially distanced to catch a predator, bro. It's perfect. It's, it's what America wants right now. It's what they fucking need, Sean. Be and you want to give the American people what they want. Socially distanced to trap a predator. I might just do that as a spinoff. If I get really bored, if I get fired, I'll do it as a spinoff. I want um, 0.5%. And that's just because I hope to just keep that for like 20 years and then retire at some point. Absolutely. As long as, since you have musical background, if I can get the intro music for it, it's a deal. Oh, dude, I would, (laughs) I would love to give you some intro music, whatever you would like to do. I actually um, have like the capabilities to do that. What's funny is, okay, so met my wife, fell in love. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm not single anymore. And now going on tour, um, where it used to be like, fucking boys vacation, let's go. Now it was like, dude, I'm going to miss my girlfriend, dude. And I turned into that dude. God, and um, and it was kind of fitting because the last tour that the band did, I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Money was stolen. Somebody got electrocuted on stage. Somebody got a finger in their ass in Canada. They got fucking oh. frist and brist and skist. Oh, oh okay. yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. And, then, yeah. and the dude was in a band called Bad Luck. And I was like, hey, man. Hey, that's a good name. You know what I mean? That's a great name. <laughs> Tell me how the back of your tonsils taste off his latex glove. Which was funny because that was the same tour that I smuggled a pill of ecstasy in a donut. Got it to Canada. Was like, don't want to do this in Canada. Come back across the border, get into Brooklyn, into New York, and we fucking play the uh, the knitting factory out there. And I was like, life goal just fucking met. Dude, New York. God damn it. A lot of stimulation. There's there's very few places that you go that really resemble the movies and the photography and and yeah. and the, uh, the aesthetic and. New York is like that, dude. And, and like, I think coming from LA and, and being comfortable in like grimy ass Pasadena or grimy ass Venice Beach, going to New York and skating around the griminess was just like, I'm in heaven. Beep, beep. It's the greatest, dude. Yeah, some some people really like they almost need that. Like some some people need ocean. Some people need open space. Yeah. Right. Some people need that yep. city vibe and. It, yeah, yeah. I guess hustle grime, and bustle. Yeah, grime really is the only way. Like, there's always that weird ass smell. You never see stars. You never feel like you always almost feel like you're watched. Like you just have to have purpose and yeah. be confident as fuck. Well, and it's you can't ever be vulnerable. Dude, imagine, imagine living in this pandemic and then living in New York and having to still fucking get to where you gotta go. But now it's like now it feels claustrophobic because you have this mask on, mm-hmm. and now you're in the subway, and that dude that's sitting next to you is pissing his pants. You know, and even through your mask, you can smell the fucking, you know, Schlitz beer or whatever the fuck he's drinking. So yeah, that's it's um, I'm living in a small town now is like it's 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 been the best um, choice we made to to sort of get out of California and and come up here. And I think and excavation just came because a buddy of mine who had also come from California was like, dude, I have done tile my whole life. And fuck getting on my knees anymore. It hurts. It sucks. Uh, okay. You know, I, I want to make more money doing less physical work. And so he got into excavation. Yeah. And uh, it's, the rest is history, babe. 
Um, <laughs> the rest is history. I'm a little bit, I, I've never been an entrepreneur. I've been a little bit of a hustler. <laughs> never been an entrepreneur, right. although maybe it's the same, maybe it's different. But I've never had an actual like business plan. I'm curious with that because I've spoken to um, several people who are into the trucking business. They love the okay, idea yeah. that they can buy a truck. Everything needs to be fucking yep. transported. People like Texas is offering like $14,000 a week type shit to like be on the road for yeah. five days. And their people are flocking to it. I feel like it's a dying industry, but maybe I'm wrong. Right? I feel automation, automaticity is going to yeah. take it away. But anyway, what I'm wondering is like, do you have to like finance a big ass digging thing do you lease that do you rent it by the job like what is the game plan do you have to get investors and capital for this kind of business so i'll i'll give you uh the way that i that i came in and approached it so you're in oregon to work on any construction site or if you're repairing or doing modifications in any way to a home residential or commercial like any building you have to be licensed and contracted to be able to do that so i had to take a 80 question open book test. Pass that. Yeah. They'll give anybody a fucking hammer and a certificate. It is the best, dude. That's awesome. But, um, so that's like, so the test is like, I think 250 or something like that. No, the test is 60. The book is 140. Okay. And use it one time. Yeah. So that's awesome. And then, um, and then like, heaven forbid you actually pass the test and you're going to do this thing. So what I did is I passed the test and I got my LLC. So I own a business. It's a limited liability company, which means if something happens, I kill somebody or we, I have a disagreement with a customer that I'm doing some, some stuff uh, for basically they can take me to court and sue me. And if they win, they can take all of my business assets, but nothing from my, they can't come take my car. They can't take my house. Yeah, right. They can't take my inflatable uh, Coleman uh, jacuzzi, which was, Every bit of worth 350 bucks, let me tell you, dude. <laughs> Fuck getting a regular hot tub. Get you a Coleman $350 hot tub. It is the shit. Inflatable. Jets, 104. Oh, Seriously? Generator powered? Or do you plug it in? It it, it comes with its own um, pump and timer and generator and, and like the whole thing. So you just plug it into the wall. Oh, shit. No no, no appliance whip, none of that. It's, and they're, dude, we got it about two years ago and it is – listen – it sounds it's like, like bathing in the Lord's tears. It's it's God mode. It's God mode. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, so that's what she so, feels like afterwards. Um, <laughs> After the coma. <laughs> that's how it is when I get out. I'm like, on the third day he had risen. Um, but so particularly with excavation, when you get your insurance and bond for your company. That's where it becomes a little bit more expensive. So I had to come up with about all in all to get to get my company going, to get my contractor's license, and to get my CCB license number. It was about three grand. Uh, that really okay. doesn't seem like a lot of money to actually like it's not, have a business. It's right? not because two two of that thousand, you know, two thousand dollars of that you can set up a payment plan so you can pay your you can pay your your insurance. Um, Annually, you can pay it, you know, monthly, however you want to do it. I did it like I broke it up into payments of 500. Okay. So every couple of months I paid 500 bucks and then at some point it'll be paid off, you know? Right. And I, I have made back that money three times already in the last maybe four months. So I'm like, it's definitely been worth it. 
And, um, dude, it's nice to go like, oh, I'm going to wake up and go work for myself. Hey, I'm going to take an hour-long lunch and maybe have pizza and a beer because I work for myself. Right. It's really cool. So then Now, it's scary as shit, too, because now, now you've invested in this thing. Now you... Now when a customer or somebody sees you, they don't see you as someone who just started. They see you as like you're an entity. You've already – like they don't know your history. And you don't want to be like, I just started. So let me see where the shovel is. You have to just go for it. You get to, Job like, number two. Talk about what you want to do. You know, you want to line – you, you do all these things. And so I'm in my apprenticeship, uh, what I like to call it, with uh, with my buddy who's kind of taking me under his wing and, and um, showed me the – the heavy equipment operation side and the way to run a business that's honest, that's successful. And that is, um, for lack of a better term, ambidextrous because right now building houses is awesome. It's great, dude. And unfortunately, and fortunately, because I'm a realist, um, the fires that came and ravaged and burned down a bunch of homes. Well, that helped about, I mean, 40 or 50 companies, in this valley to get work again because they need electricians, they need plumbers, they need, you know, they need people to do demo, they need people to do concrete. We become viable because of this catastrophe. And, and then, I mean, on top of that, it's so rad to be the, excavation is the first people that come to your spot. Right. That isn't, that's the first step of building you your home. Right. So when we show up and these people are like, dude, we've been looking at a burnt lot for the past like three months we finally got the insurance to, to like to get our home and get out of this fucking rv um you're the first people to be like dude let's build you a fucking home right. let's do it you know and uh and that's that is not as good as you know two thousand people singing along to your songs on stage but it's pretty cool it's pretty cool um yeah what business wise and trying to be like a decent business guy versus being like a sleazy take everything you can get musician which obviously you were right. i'm wondering how now but like were there similarities in the business world of music that you're bringing into the construction or the excavation why can't i say that yes. word excavation. no you got it yeah right there's a whole fucking construction world dirty hands clean money you know they wear goofy shirts and love plaid it's, right. it's their thing um, so I have always approached things with the intention of, I don't want to fuck anybody over. I, I think karma can be a real nasty bitch. And dude, when it, when it comes to the end and they're, whether they're pearly gates or a shitty alleyway or whatever the fuck it is, I want to be able to say like, I just did it the way that I wanted to. And I chose to do it not because of a financial situation and not because of um, a notoriety and and addition to the narcissism. I just wanted to be awesome for just being who I was since like if you if you met me 10 years ago, I've always strived to be like maybe a little better dressed, a little bit older looking, a little <laughs> bit more crow's feet, but the same person at the core. Right. Yeah. So in music. Um, I had opportunities to be, I mean, I was in a couple of signed bands, did some big stuff, got to play Warp Tour. Um, I got to, I've been to almost every single state in this country. Uh, I got to play a little bit outside the country for a brief minute. I've met some really cool people. I've met some really piece of shit celebrities. Um, I've worked for a radio station and, um, and I've just, I've, I've kind of, I was dipped into that world. And I was like, dude, all these people are so, they, first of all, like everyone has like makeup on, like, like even 
when they're like at a, at a radio interview and they just seem so bummed about their success that I was like, I don't want to be, I never wanted to really? be in the, in the, in the Beatles. I always wanted to be, be in like minor threat. I wanted to be like the greatest punk band that came and like left, but they're like, everybody remembers them, knows them, but I don't want to be like on Jack FM heavy rotation for construction guys, dude. You know what I'm saying? No, I actually, it's hard for me. Not that you're wrong, but it it is hard for me to understand. Why not? Because I feel like there's this thing that, do you remember um, VH1 behind the music? Yeah. It's where I had my heart broken with Millie Vanilli. Dude, I remember that because I hated them, and then I uh, felt like they got played, and then I like I I felt bad for making fun of them, and I'm like, fuck, I can't make fun yeah. of Millie Vanilli anymore. Like, there's some real psychological yeah, like, damage here. Yeah, dude, it's, it was. But but okay, so okay, so right there, Millie Vanilli, perfect example. At some point, there's this line, right, and you cross this line, and to get over here and to, and to be in this celebrityism. It's not just like, oh, I'm a nice guy and I come in and I'm hanging out with you know Seth Rogen or whatever. There, there are there are these weird things and there's compromises you make to yourself. And at at certain point in music, I was like, this is as far as I want to compromise because at this point, it is no longer my music. It is no longer what I'm trying to do. There, there comes a time when a label goes, hey man, remember that fucking you know. X amount of dollars we, we got you going like we need some hits you know like we like we really need you guys to come through with a record and then when someone says that you're like oh man now I, now I have to make this record instead of I wanted to make this record you know like like what the and first of all what the fuck are we talking about you're a minor label you're not gonna get anywhere okay <laughs> live in the now my friend this isn't fucking capital records which I don't even think is anything anymore which is crazy because there was this this epiphany that happened with this pop punk revival where it showed everybody that a, a record, a major record label is, I mean, it is, it does not matter. The only thing that really matters or that really mattered during that time was how much can you tour and can you have merch and physical, um, you know, copies and digital copies of your music. That's it. As far as making money. Merchant, merchant, digital copies, yeah. physical. You're just talking about straight making money. So I use this band as an example, um, and, and this I think I I don't know what year this was that this was kind of discovered and found out, but there's a band called um, The Story So Far, and they are the shit. I fucking love love them. Shout out to Parker Cannon, and um, they they're from like small little spot in San Francisco. They're on a, a small little label. And they have not left that label for the past, I mean, I don't know. If, they've probably been a band for a long time, but let's just say, let's take this conversation, maybe six, seven years, right? There was a year when they were, when their, when their sophomore album came out and it just like, it just fucking blew a hole through, through this pop punk scene to where there were like bands that quickly came after the Comet stream and were sounding like them. Like they, not only had they like, become popular in this pop punk genre by not being typical pop punk, but they also spawned like they spawned fucking little wannabes after them. And these dudes were like fucking 1918. Okay. So by the time they were 2021 merch sales and CDs on a small label, they, they walked home one year with like, like two, almost two mil dude. 
is that because you just get a higher percent because it's a small label, or did they have like some Dude, foresight no, with I, negotiating, or they created their a own label? A label's job is really not to like it's it's in their interest for 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 you to make money, but they're there to spread and to and to get you into avenues and doors that you couldn't as just a band, you know. But the but a band's lifeblood is their merchandise, huh. like straight up. Especially in the punk scene, pop punk scene, the hip hop scene, when you're like under, as far as like underground goes, it is your own physicality. Like the what thing, what people can take away from you from a show. And I'm, dude, I mean, 2014, we went on a tour and we brought a hundred cassette tapes along with CDs, along with digital downloads, along with like a full wall of merch, right? Like crew necks, sweatshirts, t-shirts, long sleeves, everything, uh, beanies. And those cassette tapes sold out in the first three shows. No shit. Cassette tapes. It, just it, for like the yes. vintage retro feel. Just to have that. These these bright orange and teal blue cassette tapes that we had, dude, they were fucking the shit. <laughs> I have one. I'm like, that, that but what if, but that's kind of like that's kind of how I mean, and we sold them for like maybe three bucks a pop. So what's up? Like that was that's yeah, that's great. Because you're not making a lot from shows, dude, especially when you're just out there doing it. I mean, at our level, we were stoked if the guarantee was 150 bucks. If they were going to guarantee that we went from fucking Michigan to wherever this next fucking show is, they're going to give us 150 bucks so we could put gas in the car or, you know, in the van, then that was like, cool. All we really needed to do was break even with shows, but we needed to fucking talk to people and sell merch. And that was always really hard for me because I was like, dude. I don't want to come sell you on stuff. I want you to come up to me because you, you made a connection with the music we just played for you, you know? Yeah. That's, that's interesting too, because you do, I, I would imagine it, it would be if you genuinely care about the music, but then you still want to have a life and make money. You, you would yeah. feel a little sleazy being like, Oh dude, I'd love to have a beer with you. By the way, this t-shirt over <laughs> here would look great on you. Have you considered yeah, yeah, our God, What are you about, like a large, extra large? <laughs> oh. This would look, this crew neck looks good. Gray is your color. Gray is everybody's color. You know what I mean? No doubt. It's amazing you're still a medium drinking. Oh, no, that, that would be terrible. <laughs> I was just trying to go for like this weird body shaming manipulation. Thing. No, it's like, dude, it's like, uh, it's like in the, the early 2000s when all those chicks wanted to wear those D3 Osiris's. And all the Mexican girls, they would always get like a size or two smaller to make their, they wanted their feet to look like horseshoes. It, it was like this big puffy skate shoe that like literally came down like a Cobbett and Hobbs cartoon. Oh, it was like super yes. bulky. Do you remember those? Now I do. Now I do. Now that you're okay. saying yes. Yeah. Like the bubbliest yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking shoe that was ever created. <laughs> and I remember working at a skate shop and selling these and, and being in uh, Montclair. And I think I also um, worked at, at like an Azusa store and it was just like, Dude, you're not a five. Like you're a seven. And but you're gonna and you're gonna okay, so walk around. Walk around. Uh, that was the best. Okay, walk, walk around, let me see how it looks. And they're just like wincing and shit. You're like, right? That's gonna be fifty five ninety five. Let's get you rung up. Come on. <laughs> like they're on horse hooves. You know? Mm-hmm. Like you can't even have a towel. So weird. Man, what a weird thing to want your feet to look small. I mean, I get it, you don't want to have big ass goofy feet, but I mean, I mean, are you a foot guy? I'm not really a foot guy. I yeah, I think if I had to rank on first like first contact when I'm approaching, or right. 
I'm being approached. Maybe, hopefully, it's more I'm being approached more so than I'm approaching. Because now I feel like a stalker oh, by saying I'm approaching. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe that's why I'm not a foot guy. Because you never see feet when you're peeking through windows. So maybe that's my issue with that's why I'm true. Not a foot guy. <laughs> no, hold on. You're on to something here. This is like a whole – this is like a – Psychological profile. This is like an OnlyFans. No, this is an OnlyFans. Okay? And, and that's the new porn. That's the new porn because it's not about all the stuff that you can see for free. It's yeah. about paying eight ninety nine to see a vagina. Some exclusive something. Yeah, like, you hey, feel. baby, do you want to chat at 2.30 in the morning? Like, what the fuck? It, do you have a job? Dude, it's the 1-900 numbers, man. Remember those from back in the mm-hmm. day where, like, you'd go sleep dude, over you at your friend's part, house? Like, the party lines? Yeah. The party hotline, dude? Oh, my God, we're old as fuck. But also... <laughs> That was the best. That was the original hustle. They just figured out. We used like, to go on there. We used to go on there and, and like you could go on like these group things and you'd hear like this this dude like it was always like a gangster dude talking to a chick and he'd be like, all right, girl, what's up? Like, like, what's your measurements? And they'd be like, all right, peep me poopoo. She has a weird smelling pussy. And he'd be like, hey, poop, get out of here. And I'd be like, squash game. And that was our Saturday night. And we were 17. Dude, it makes it. Thinking about that and now thinking about like the internet and these random ass like you can go – I don't even know what they are. I, like Hangout or some shit where you just can go to a, right. an app. Now you just bounce into a room and you can socialize. And hearing people talk about how weird that is for kids. But then if you think back to like just prank calls just to fuck with people on the random. <laughs> the jerky boys. Right? I mean, there were dynasties that happened, dude. Yeah, it was. How come nobody talks about that? Yeah, it, but it's the same concept, right? Like kids yeah. just like, it's an adventure. It, they're fucking Jacques yep. Cousteau on a social circle. Dude, I fucking love Jacques Cousteau and virtual kiss. Right to you, dude. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. I have never had somebody say Jacques Cousteau to me, dude. And I used to fucking, every time I got in a raft or a boat, I would get up to the end, to the edge of it, and go, Jacques Cousteau, we are going to search the Mercury And I do a fucking back scuba dude off the back end, dude. <laughs> Rest th- in power, you bastard. I think I know it. It was an Adam Sandler bit. Speaking of CDs, Adam Sandler. Right. So we had. What Eddie, the hell happened to me? I don't. I can't. I can't remember, dude. I just remember. Is it like the oh, hold on. Uh, the excited southerner, and and that one time when we were kids, and um, the the goat that gets hit with the football. It, oh, fuck, dude. I'm gonna fuck it up. Okay, but, but he had multiple CDs, so we're we're in the same room. We're just. In yeah, I, I can't. So I remember two tracks. One is they were talking about this dude having so much like ball hair, and the professor for some reason goes, "It's a veritable forest down there," and it was like so <laughs> proper. And I just like the word "veritable" made me appreciate words. And then I just Probably remember, Kevin Nealon. and there was something about Jacques Cousteau <laughs> on that fucking like Adam Sandler had the Jacques Cousteau <laughs> skit that is the reason I know about Jacques Cousteau. And not that much, but just, I guess, the name, you know? Hey, it's enough, dude. You knowing the name at this point in our in our age and the way the internet is and these crazy kids and their MTV, it's enough. <laughs> I'm going to say you're enough. MTV. <laughs> just because just I'm stupid with numbers, I'm actually curious going back to CDs and merch when you're selling yeah. it. How much is like an upfront cost and how hard is that if you're I, I like I can't believe dude a buck fifty to go play. That seems so low to me to then 
have to it front is, cash dude. for merch. I'm like, how do you how do you swing that? Do you try to hit like the t-shirt so, guy on the back end? Like if we sell, we'll give you a cut. Well, okay, so so what it is is like typically what we would do is we would call up our merch guy and be like, here's the order. We need it by this date because we're going to be gone from this date to this date. And then also make a couple extra in case we need to, you know, to be mailed out some. Because we've had that happen where we ran out of merch, which was, fuck, I mean, dude, fuck yeah. You know, there was one tour where we came back, I think, positive $1,000, and we were all just like, dude, we just went on the greatest winter of our lives, and it was free. <laughs> every beer bong, every weird laundry mat, every dead scorpion that we bit, every fucking fireball shot, all fucking paid for to the good gift of music. And so typically like a sweatshirt's up in the twenties, but when you, but when you, okay. So when you go on tour, very rarely are you going out by yourself, right? So you've, you, you've got like a, a couple of other bands and usually typically four to five, five is kind of shitty because you, the venue is splitting, you know, five bands. So you want, you want maybe three, four is like, a, is a good amount to where everyone can kind of make some shekels and no one, and it doesn't feel like you're, you're getting fucking pennies on the dollar. Um, also, so when you guys all link up and you talk and you do the weedy weedy ha ha for show, you see what everybody's selling their merch for. And so oh. you can either be stubborn and be like, no, we, you know, we paid this much. We got to make back this much. Or you can be like, oh, cool. You guys are doing CDs for $12. We'll do CDs for $12, you know, whatever. And, and it kind of just goes like from that. So we were, we were very, very cool, especially because when you're on tour, man, like it's more important to either give away a piece of merch or something or do it for $2. because That's all the drunk fucking weirdo dude has left. And you just really want him to leave the merch, booth, but also you want him to remember you, 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 it's more important to just to give stuff. So I would, dude, I'd be the guy who's like, dude, what's up? Oh man, that's awesome. Do you have any money? Hold on. What size are you? And I'd be the guy like, here's a shirt, man. Okay. Just fucking come back here next time when you see us, you know, and that's, and in places like Roswell, New Mexico and all these places you would see from the first year that we were there till the third time that we came back, it went from 10 people who saw us to 30 people who want to see us to 50 people who now know us. You know, and they're like the new album is shit, and and then you're you're now you're like yes, dude, that fucking sweatshirt could have been the catalyst to all of that. So it's not bad to give away some free stuff every now and then. You know? Yeah, no, that makes because it's loyalty and buy-in, right? It's like brand, yeah. it's brand identification. They'll feel they'll look at that sweatshirt for the next however many years, and they'll want that experience again, which brings them back to the bar, brings them back to the the place, the venue. And, and yeah, and also, I mean, this day and age, I, I read this article from this this chick who had kind of grown up in the pop punk scene. And in this pop punk scene, there there tended to be a lot of lyrics that were like, you know, no one really sees me, and this is a small town, and my bones are tired, and all these fucking stupid ass fucking lyrics that everybody used. It was, it was so fucking recycled. And then this article kind of went into this idea that a lot of these emo boys that are singing these songs about these girls who broke their heart, like, dude, you listen to Saves the Day lyrics. Um, Chris Conley is talking about like stringing someone up and letting their blood drip down and he'll keep it in jars, but it's done in this only saves the day can do it way. 
you know? But if you dice, so her idea was like, you know, I kind of grew up in this pop punk scene sort of being seen as the chick who fucks the guy up and then the guy go goes on to be in the band and sing and sad boys unite. And, you know, now we have like the Wonder Years and all these other bands that are like just really about small towns, weary bones, smoky eyes, coffee cigarettes, whatever the fuck cucky shit it is. And, um, and, and, I, and I was thinking about that and there's something really to that. But at the same time, I was like, well, I mean, there's like, I play with a lot of pop punk bands and it didn't really seem like that. Like everybody, I mean, dude, what's one of the greatest inspirations? What's one of the best muse? Heartbreak. In music, it's been, it's historical what gut-wrenching love can do. Some of the best stuff I ever wrote was through an insane breakup, which which took me for a loop in, in my life. Like there was very many different situations that happened after that breakup that luckily I survived, I stayed alive, I didn't do the stupid things that I wanted to do. And I was able to write music that legitimately connected to people, you know? And so these these aren't people that are coming to dance and like hear about going in the club and fucking whip your fucking shirt like a helicopter. These are like weirdo kids <laughs> that are coming because they're, you know, they think they're overweight or they think they're goofy looking and the girl is glossing over them, you know, classic Blink-182 Josie kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Actually, that's not, it's, it's kind of, but it's not that Josie was actually a positive song about a girl. But what I'm trying to encompass in this is that, I felt like most of the kids that, that, that we met on shows were like kind of the weirdos of town, right. you know, <clears throat> they're at this obscure show with these bands that are from like three or four different States. And it's, it's nobody's on the bill is big. You know what I mean? It's, it's all, that's kind of like, that's like the, the, um, Oh God, that's just like the tastiest part of music is when you get in between, you get past the garage shit and you start playing shows and before you really get big and you go to the major label and you start dressing weird, you start doing music videos, blah, 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 blah. but that in between time where you're like really like all the angst is there, all the fucking the like fuck my dad or fuck this and and, and you're just you're you're just really channeling all that frustration into this fucking thing. I I have no regrets about not reaching these certain plateaus. I've got to see all of my my country. I've, I have friends in so many different states. I've done things that most people will never get to do in their lives because it happened in this weird, brief moment. I've almost died three times. And it's fucking, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, you know, we never, I never got to go on Conan O'Brien, you know? But there was two <laughs> or three kids who said, hey, that song like really got me through, um, it got me through high school. Like, and, and it is, it like, I just want to give you a hug. And I'm like, come here, you sick son of a bitch. Give me a kiss and a hug. And I'm so sorry because I'm no role model. You're fucked. That's what I tell my kids too. I'm like, you're screwed kids. Okay. Cause daddy's got a lot going on up here. <laughs> if this is what you strive to be, I need you to turn and run in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Listen guys, it's already three years of therapy. Do you want more? Get out of here. Go to boarding school. Give me back a little six-year-old gentleman. That'd be great. That's awesome. Either we're taking this money and it's going to go towards your college, your wedding, or your therapy. Your life choices yeah. determine how your inheritance is going to be broken out. And you know what? I got a fucking code for you. It's Rogan at BetterHelp.com. 
they got all kinds of cool things going on there, I heard. I don't really know, you know. I yell in my pillow like a fucking Irishman, so I, I just figure it out. Can I, can, <laughs> am, am I allowed to go on the loop, the insane loop that this breakup was? Or should that not be Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just enjoy the pace of your speech and the fact that you're, you're fucking deep with the vocab, man. Like you're not repetitive well, with all these much. creative, like, I don't know what they would be metaphors, analogies, <laughs> like whatever the Dude, fucking figurative language metaphors? label is like, you're, you're very non-repetitive. It's, it's admirable. Thank you very much. It's uh it's, I think it's having, you know, doing a podcast for a little bit has kind of made me hyper aware of, Finishing a sentence, and I have I have two things that I hate that I do, and I say, you know, oh, yeah. and um, you know, and um, dude, I know what the fucking wavelength looks like because I punched myself in the face in front of my HP fucking notebook. Just kadish, kadish, stop it. So I'm, stop it. Yeah, and you know what's really cool is, dude, I have this is the first po first podcast I've been on. Oh. So thank you very much for for having this. Is fucking it's pretty awesome. I like it. I like what I like what we're doing here, and I want to expand. Okay, for the American people. Okay. Um. So this is your classic story. A boy is driving with no license, no registration. A boy is living paycheck to paycheck with a minimal job. Um, one day he goes to LA Live which is over at Universal Studios. I'm sorry, not, not I'm going to, no, sorry. Those are two different places. I went to Universal Studios with my family and a chick that I was dating, right? And we're walking around and right outside the movie theater there, um, this radio station, 98.7 FM, is kind of, they've got a little booth set up and they're like, hey, you want some tickets to Dodgers? It's like my cock or whatever the fuck they're doing. And uh, they're going to come up and sing a song. Wait, is that a real thing in LA where they have booths that you have to go in yes, and suck Have you not heard of the fellatio movement? Dude, it, there's a lot of very happy people walking around. Very relaxed, happy people in LA. All this time, all at Echo Park, just hanging out. Dude, all this time, I've just spent hours driving, searching for like that massage parlor, and all I needed to You've do was catch a flight you. to LA. God damn it! Listen, what a, man, what a waste. That that the happy ending. It's you want more. You know what I mean? So when you when you get what I like to call it FF, when you get full fellatio, when your soul has been taken from here. And okay, I'm sorry. We're getting a little crude. Can we just can we just get professional again? I'm a business owner. <laughs> People are going to see this on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm an fucked. upstanding member of the community. I'm on the PTO Listen, board. <laughs> I have literally donated to the Red Cross three fucking times this year, and yes to Goodwill, and yes I kept the receipts for my taxes. I was going to say for tax purposes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that coming. It's like you know, I was like four. I was like three hundred dollars away from the lower tax bracket, and I said, "What would be a good cause?" <laughs> Getting There's rid of my old mattress and claiming it for two hundred dollars. Yeah. Use the one that's gonna that's gonna give you some money back for that fucking mattress bracket or whatever the fuck you had to give away. You know what I'm no, saying? No, the no. couch that nobody fucking wants. No. Um, so, um, so you were at um, full fellatio. This radio station. <laughs> and I'm I'm famous for going off on tangents. Even my my wife is just like, 
Hey, honey, come fucking back here. Hello, pup daddy. Back here, take that, take that. Where are you? What are we doing? Slow down. We're making fish fillets, and you're fucking trying to pour a shot. So, um, <laughs> at this at this um, uh, Universal Studios, this radio station, they're doing a contest, and um, they're they're saying like, come up and sing an Incubus song or sing a what is that other shitty band? Uh, Nickelback. No, they're a Seattle <laughs> band. Seattle grunge Nickelback. Dude, Nickelback. Hey, hold on. Real Puddle quick. of Mud. Nickelback. Nickelback? Yeah, I mean, no. I was stereotypical. They, they have too. some fucking raunchy, gross lyrics. Sean, are you aware of this? Have you been, have you been privy to this information yet? I have not. Well, I don't mean to, you know, to tap into you. But what I want to do is I want to break your heart a little bit and let you know that uh, Nickelback are not the quite upstanding Canadian citizens we thought they were, my friend. That's impossible. These are no Alaskan Mounties. These guys are crude, lewd dudes. Yeah, dude, they have songs that are fucking like literally talking about sex, ripping clothes. Like if you go and look this up. Isn't that like, like every you know, song though? Your, band's, your favorite band's lyrics, you can go and I think it's like, I forget what it's called, but Someone sent me on this rabbit hole, and I I took three showers. I was like, "This is not. This is the most non-Canadian band I've ever known." I feel like that's an um, unsubstantiated claim. What, what's the what's the what's the line that Vince Vaughn says to Owen Wilson in um, Wedding Crash? <laughs> erroneous. Erroneous. Do you see, hey, hey, hold on. Side note, do you see where we're at right now? Are you feeling this energy? I don't know. You know what I mean when I say that? All right. All right. Can I, can I fucking talk about me for just one second on this show? <laughs> Jesus, dude. Um, so my mom, we had just had a drink somewhere, so my mom grabs my arm and she throws it up. She's like, hey, sing, hell, dude. She's like, come on down over here, you fucking dumbass. Your mom is hilarious. And so they, they, I come down there. I sing an Incubus song, right? And the the other two people that sing, I mean, I don't know why they did it because they were like, they were just like the most nervous, weirdest fucking people of all times. So I I win because I just had like half a personality. I didn't really, I was like, pardon me, whatever, you know, and then, um, so. And just for timeline's sake, are you like performing band touring at this point or is this like you so free being like a band member? I'm like 20, fuck, what is this? This is like 27, maybe 28. Um, I've got a band. We, at this point, we're sponsored by Heppenweizen Beer, Black Flies, two things that no one gives a shit about. Uh, We're playing a lot in Huntington Beach. You know what I mean? A lot of surfer bras coming to the fucking show, brother. You know what I'm saying? So you got some stage present to you. Oh. What's that? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I'm like... But you got like stage presence to you. It's pretty apparent. Like you know right. what to yes. do when you get up there yeah. to to make a crowd into it. So I started playing in front of people in in my band that that, that was my first band at fourteen years old. Oh shit! So I I had bought my own bass. I had an amp. My buddy Cal Kagawa, my buddy Lee Gonzalez. We had this three piece punk band that was trying to be like Millen Colin Lagwagon. Uh, maybe early rising, you know, just a, just like, just a skate, like skate punk. That's what we wanted to be. I wanted to be skate punk all the way to the fucking limit. Cause I was a skater who loved punk music. That was pretty much who I wanted to be. That was my quote unquote identity through, through much of high school and after. Um, and so 
you know, we, we've got a show every weekend. We're getting paid okay. We're getting more free drinks than getting paid. But since me and my brother are fucking savages, we were like, fuck it. You know what I mean? That is it's good. really easy to drive home to Monrovia from Huntington Beach if you just put one eye and you do three freeway changes. Um, so I, I win these fucking tickets at this radio station fucking thing. And this lady comes up to me and she goes, hey, you're fucking I – like, I like your style. Um, here's my card. You should stop by the, the, the station sometime and just have a chat with one of our DJs. Literally. Not bullshitting. Um, I'm married with kids. I'm not trying to get super likes. My Instagram is private, so don't even try to fucking find me. Um, but she said that, and I was like, oh, dude. This is the second time I'm taking my glasses off. Is this the beginning of Dominic Padilla's enterprise? You know what I mean? Because oh. this is how it starts. I Like I said, I've seen VH1 behind the music. I know how it starts, and I know that it ends in cocaine and fucking hookers. So I was like, you know, I'm in sophomore year. Can't wait to graduate. Um, so I go down the station, I'm hanging out with this DJ, we're talking, we're fucking bullshitting, boom, I now have a, a job at this radio station. But I'm not a DJ, I'm street team. And what the fuck is street team? It's eight bucks an hour, where you take a company car with a stupid, silly fucking rap on it, and you drive down to some fucking gas station or some cell phone store and you set up a table oh, and a boombox and you go hey everybody 97fm 97fm.com we're saying out over here trying to give away some free cellular minutes do you got boost mobile where are you at all this kind of <laughs> shit right very cucky but very um that was a job where the pay sucked but the perks were the shit so got to see multiple fucking shows for free multiple i'll say concerts because they're like you know, older music and, and big names, you know, but, um, anyway, I got to, I remember 2009 going to Coachella for three days for free work. So my schedule was we're at the Hyatt hotel, which is really nice right there. I'm doing a fucking poolside DJ thing. We're, we're fucking taking hits of weed in the back behind the curtain and filling the beach balls up with our hits and then throwing them into the audience so they can play in the pool and be fucking 17 year olds, you know? And, uh, and then at three o'clock we're done doing that. We take our own shuttle to the front gates of Coachella, pick up our fucking wristband, dude, snuck in some weed and a couple of talk hands. My bad. The Jinkos finally fucking came in handy again. You're in still Jenkoing. Yeah, so, I'm like, dude, I'm 10 saying? years later, you're still Jenkoing. Good for you. Listen, you never forget your first pair of jeans. And it was kind of important, dude. I like jeans that I can use as a sleeping bag. And with a partner. It's dude, not a bad deal. Those fucking pockets. God, those pockets. Dude. <laughs> How dumb. Like, what the fuck were we doing, dude? It's not aerodynamic. People actually try to skate in them. I tried to skate in them for like two days. Dude, inside we would try to thing. hoop in them. Like we would be the, 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 like, I know it wasn't a skate punk, but looked like a skate punk. And you'd fucking roll up to the courts in some Jenkos thinking you're going to hang. I mean, it was just asinine. Yeah. Asinine. You sweat at, you run up and down one time, dude. And those things fucking 10 pounds heavier from ass sweat. Like it just, dude, that's some high quality heavy denim though. Let's, right. let's, that's I think I've slid on my Jinkos like five or six times. Never put a fucking hole in them. Levi's, first two days on the job. Bullshit. <laughs> Make Jinkos great again. God damn it. Make Jinkos great by making them skinny. 
<laughs> Make jingles great by having them fitted. <laughs> the original boot cutters back when no. All right. I'm sorry. Dude. Stay focused. Stay focused, squirrel. Stay focused. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I, I, actually, I meant to boot cutter and fit though. Can, okay, can so you help me just about? stay at Coachella? The first time I pissed my pants? I don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it, it's hard for me. East Coast guy, lower Sussex County, Delaware. Like I'm lame. Right. I I can't appreciate. No, I can't. Oh, dude, what the fuck? I can't. Who no, no, well, that, bro. I, I can't no, appreciate no, Sean? Coachella. Sean, who told you that? Hmm. It's when I get ghosted right. on the zooms and I explore my inner demons. They tell me that's what happens. Well, you know what? Okay, so there's. <laughs> Stop, man. I'm just. I'm trying to like get an understanding more of. Coachella. So we have this, um, I don't know if oh, you're familiar, God. like okay. Firefly. We have Firefly here, which is at like Dover Downs, yes. which is a racetrack. And I, I've never gone. I've, I've never, I didn't try to hit up like Woodstock back in 99 when they were right. celebrating or whatever. So it's hard for me, but people mention Coachella and apparently it's a big fucking deal. I don't, it, it's hard just for me to get it though. So Coachella is like everything else that's kind of fucking awesome and real close to pure it has a couple of years and then it becomes just your basic bitch has a feather in her hair some war paint like a tan bikini and i'm just out here wanderlusting bitch what's up coachella 2015 i don't care about nothing that's what it became i think what it started as is the new outdoor festival for indie music or for trippy music and sort of your aging fucking ravers could go and still have like a drum and bass, a house room, uh, this and that sweaty pills, you know, whatever the fuck they do. I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I didn't have candy around my neck with the goddamn fucking pacifier. And the what is it? What is it? What are those hats called that has no top, but it's like a fucking, you know what I mean? Like it has the the bill, a visor and the thing. Is that what it is? It's a visor? Yeah. Remember the visor? We did not make good decisions, bro. It's n- it's on us to make a better future. It I, really is. Yeah. I, I I felt like I was the shit when I had – and I guess it wouldn't be a wife beater anymore. That would be like socially incorrect. But yeah. when I felt like I had a wife beater and enough hair that was styled <laughs> with a visor that I had like monogrammed because I thought of something Dude, did you clever. Have tips? No, I never did the tips, dude. I couldn't oh, – I couldn't. Okay. I, I felt that was – and it's not like I'm street. It's not like I'm hard. But I felt like I, I didn't want to get in a fight. Like somebody would say something and I just have to fucking thank you, sir. Can I have another? Continue to mock me. Like I right. wouldn't be able to stand up for myself if someone was like, <laughs> fucking tips, dude. Fucking tips. Did your mom make those? That's really cool. <laughs> um, no, dude. I am proud to say that every time I bleach my hair – or colored my hair or done a mohawk. It's either been me and my brother helping each other or me solo. Or like one of my buddies from school. Right. Yeah. You know? So I've had like green, blue, red hair and mohawks. Yeah, but that shit's more know? punk, right? So yeah, okay. I yes. see where you're going with it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I wasn't yeah. that wasn't more my style. I was more that white boy trying to fit in culturally appropriate guy. I dude, hey, you guys are nice guys though, okay? <laughs> I'm a whitewashed Mexican guy, okay? So like when I grew up here as an organized kid, I was like, and I'm not even exaggerating, I was one of two people of color in our junior high, or no, sorry, in our elementary school. Stop. It was me. I swear to God, it was me and Dewan Butler, and I'll remember her fucking name forever 
because she was the first and only black person that I knew for the first like two years of living here, right? So people would think that I was black. That's how fucking that's how that's how many cousins fuck each other here. It's really not. <laughs> um, they're like there's you the don't have any freckles. It's a big deal here. It's bad. Okay, it's bad. <laughs> um. So okay. I'm going to get myself back on track and then you're going to take responsibility for yourself. Okay. Gotcha. I'll stop um, distracted. So Coachella well, started gonna, off, Coachella started off as like a cool indie thing yeah. where it was an opportunity, almost like an independent film festival where shit could be yes. discovered. Yeah. Ground, it had, it had that kind of, it had that kind of like people would kind of do like a burning man thing, but not too much. And then regular people would be there too. Okay. But there'd be like this trippy fucking, acid tripping looking piano that everybody could come up and play and i remember playing it and we were like rolling joints right up there fucking just just smoking joints with random cool people i saw fucking coheed and cambria there with the usc marching band and i fucking crowd surfed and i was just drilling my knees i was like on my knees singing to fucking i think his name's javier what the fuck his name is but dude it was um it was great I, my first Coachella experience and my only Coachella experience happened to be really awesome. It was MGMT. I think Jay-Z was there that year. Um, dude, the Muse, MGMT, Jay-Z, it, it was a fucking crazy-ass year. It, it just happened. Everything just lined up. It was it was a really cool music festival. In the middle of the night, running to try to find my friends, I stepped on like three people who were just laying fucking down on the grass in the dark. And I literally water skipped across their fucking torso. It was the weirdest feeling of all times. Um, but I made it for the muse. And it was awesome. And uh, and so, so you're going to I'm Coachella. Working really cool, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working with this really cool real station, right? And I meet this chick, and she's hot, and she kind of does some modeling. She's trying to be a host for 98.7 FM and Hot 92 Jams and real stations, and but she's a really She's a regular person too. So we hit it off, right? We're dating and um, it gets serious and we're like, hey, let's get out of LA for a little bit. Let's go take a couple years and go move up to Oregon. Right? So this is the first time I come back to Oregon after I say I'm never coming back here when I was going, like, this place fucking sucks. There's no music scene. There's no fucking concrete in this fucking shitty small town that you can skate on. It smells like cow's asses and there's a fucking goddamn gun store every fucking three blocks. So... I come up here in 2009 and man, we've got an apartment and I get with this temp agency. I'm, I'm, I leave the band that I'm in. I leave my, my little brother back in Monrovia, my best friend. We have this reunion that this, this like goodbye show. And it's just like, dude, all me and my guy friends are just crying. Cause I'm, cause I'm moving. Cause like, you know, that, that's how fucking dude, but like, like when what? I have friends, they are like, everyone is my, my brother. But and why are like you I moving there, man? You're leaving so much. That's weird to me. Because I was, dude. Got it by the puss. Boop, 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 boop. I went anywhere she said because she's super fucking hot. Okay, dude. She I wanted was the to go there? Cock. I was the first cock, dude. She, but like, she was like, let's go to Oregon. What, why did she, she want to like, go? was like, let's go to Oregon. Let's, you know, because she grew up in Sherman Oaks. She was just burnt out on the scene. She had, she had like, if I was burnt out on celebrity people, she had been doing it years before me, trying to get into modeling. You know what I mean? Trying, trying to, trying to like make a career for herself in that in that world. Okay. And so we come up here, and it's like it's okay, but then our relationship starts to kind of like 
kind of like grow apart. I'm kind of resentful because I'm like, I'm working this whatever job and my entire paycheck is going to this apartment. It's going to all these things. And she's using her money that she makes from working at my mom's trucking company, which is what you kind of time. So, so my stepdad has been a trucker for 12 years. My mom and them have had their own business for the last like 10 years. And so I know trucking very well. I've, I've driven 18 wheelers, all that stuff before. Um, so you wanted to smack me when I was like trucking, the industry is gone based on automaticity. And you no, I, I wanted to be like, dude, there's bubbles in every industry, dude. And That's when technology, I mean, what has technology historically done? They, certain jobs are become obsolete. It's just the way uh, progress yeah. works. Unfortunately, it's not awesome. It's real. And so... I, I think I was just like, man, like there's something, there's something about her that I was kind of like, you know, we're, we're together and you're posting on your Instagram with all these like weird, just, just like, I was like, oh, you, you're kind of one of these chicks that I don't like that posts a lot on social media. Like thirst trapping and, and kind always, of posts, like they're the center it, of the attention trying to get those likes. It, it, it kind of felt like that. And I think the more that I kind of brought it up thinking it was like that, the more that she kind of did that, you know, so we, we were like just budding heads. Right. Uh, and that sounds um, toxic, right? Like if she, yeah. if she's posting the kind of shit that you're being a little vulnerable and admitting yeah. like, Hey man, that shit makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like, Oh, that's great. To tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? When, um, when I'm insecure, it's like, I'm, I'm just a fucking pussy about it. So I'm sure that I was also bringing to the table, this insecure little bitch boy mentality, which does not make any chick excited to, you know, to talk and hang out or to fucking live in the same apartment with each other. So can I, I two years is just super curious, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, no, no but problem. No problem. It, I, I, I don't know if I perseverate on, these dynamics, or if I just wanted to try to use the word perseverate to impress you, but I she, came a little bit in my boxers. It's weird. Yes, <laughs> just a little gumpage. Gonna have to change. <laughs> just, just a bit. Just a bit of gumpage. It's free comic and not get you pregnant. Don't worry. Oh, thank God, because the last person who did that. Um, why are why are you paying for the apartment? Like, how is that not Dutch fifty fifty, man? I want to say that. <laughs> That she that that I wanted to to be this kind of like provider guy because I think we had uh, talked about marriage and I was like, dude, this is a really hot girl that I've landed and she, like I'm proud to, to to introduce her to people in my family. And I think this is the one, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I I had, I had sort of probably put pressure subconsciously on this relationship and sort of dumbed myself down, saying like, oh man, I'm here and I landed this up here, like. I got to, you know, I got to step it up. Like I can't be one of these fucking dudes who just, you know, let some dude steal my girl. That's like the insecurity oh, that I have. Right. Yeah. And then, and after a while I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. I, she won't <laughs> let me smoke weed. Oh. I have to sneak a fucking cigarette. Cause heaven forbid I catch a fucking buzz. I don't get to have, you know, a couple. It was like, weird. it's like, bitch, you're from fucking the hood, homie. Like, why are you fucking stopping me from having a couple of brewskis, broski? Yeah. And so just these things where I'm like, I'm becoming, I'm kind of becoming somebody else. Domesticated. For someone who's not really reciprocating the effort, right? Like she's staying herself. She's actually going more into this weird, like, like, you know what? Like today I'm just, the moon's not right. And I'm like, go, go fuck yourself. 
Why don't you fucking throw down the rent and see how that fucking aligns for your fucking Jupiter sunrise who gives a fuck. And so can dude, no, you had to have a conversation about you she expected sobriety at this point. I think she was like, Hey, if we go on vacation, you can smoke a little bit, but you need to be careful because your job drug test. By the way, I went for that job for like almost two plus years. Nobody ever got drug tested. Yeah, they always say Nobody. that, man. It's just Dude, such, such a fucking sign. additional cost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's one of those things where like a meth head is going to be like, mm-hmm. Jim, we're here because they do drug test. You know, so if you don't do crazy drugs and you actually do your job, yeah, it's okay to do a little of the pakalolo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so my good buddy, Johnny Lou, calls me up out of the blue. And he's like, Dude, I haven't talked to you in forever, but I'm in this band now. And we're touring up through there. And it'd be really awesome if you came through. Like, I'll send you some stuff of, of what we sound like. And and we just kind of conversated about bands because I had done it for so long that he was just, we were just kind of talking. He was just kind of asking some advice, talking about tour stuff, talking about getting along with other people, you know, like this dynamic of his band. And uh, and the band was awesome. Like, I I was just like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Man. You know, something in, in, inside me was just like, dude. Like playing at this fucking bar every other Wednesday night is cool, but it's not like I'm doing covers, you know, like I can't do punk on an acoustic. I'm doing like sublime and and whatever the fuck that these fucking smelly fucks love over here, you know? And so, um, something like that conversation with Johnny started to gnaw something open. It started, it started to like, to like go like, Oh dude, you might not be done with your musical, um, journey like you i think i think this relationship slowly decaying is just like all these signs point to like you miss music dominic so they come up and and they uh they play a show here locally in town i come up and sing a song with them it just feels fucking like god i miss doing this so much they go back to la another three or four months go by and johnny calls it up again he's like dude He's like, can I ask you a fucking crazy ass question? And I'm like, yeah, bitch, it's the only kind of fucking questions you ask me. Go ahead. <laughs> so he goes like, what would you think about coming and joining this band? He's like, I know how you sing. You'd be fucking perfect for this band. I know that you're all these things that you want in a lead singer, like that, that we're looking for in a lead singer. What would you think? And I'm like, fuck, dude. Like uh, half of me is going, fuck yeah. Another half of me is going like, I have like another human that like I have to talk to this shit about with because we're in, you know, we are in a relationship. So that conversation happens and it starts off as here's the plan. We said we wanted to get out of LA for a couple years. It's been two years. Let's get back there. Let's, let's Holy both shit, do what we want to do. I did You're not-, not happy working for a trunking company. I'm not happy fucking working at this digital fucking graphic screen putting bullshit place. Let's go. I'll go back in a band. You try to get back into uh, the companies that you were trying to get into. And let's fucking, like Johnny says, he's got a fucking extra bedroom in his house that his parents are not using. A little bit of cheddar. (laughs) And um, and it's like, let's do this. And she's like, okay, let's do this. A couple weeks go by. I'm like telling work. I'm fucking ecstatic. He's sending me up tracks. I'm already like coming up with lyrics and harmonies and melodies. I'm fucking stressing because I've spent a couple years out of the game. I'm, I'm feeling rusty. I need to go back to doing vocal warm-ups because I have this fucking naturally kind of rough voice. And if I don't do what I can do, to, I can go to shit after two shows. It's really not good. Especially drinking and smoking will also do that to you. Um, but 
So now it's coming to the couple of days before I fly down. And the, and the plan was also, hey, I'm going to go on this two-week tour. It's just a quick run out to Texas and back. We're going to do like three states and come back. And I'm going to go down and see if I gel with these dudes, if I want, if the music that they're like wanting to do is something that I can like be a part of and not feel like a fucking loser. Oh, and that's my fridge. <laughs> is someone stealing Shit. it? <laughs> dude it's time to get a new fridge bro i gotta fucking figure that out tomorrow that'll be cool 600 bucks later um but so so i'm like dude i'm i'm like this is a great idea it's responsible and there is no fucking commitment like if i don't like the band all i've done is taken two weeks off of work nothing has changed okay okay so um, very adult very want- planned like systematic yeah, yeah. with options with options, you're not yep. cornered. And she's and I mean, so far she's stoked. She's she's looking up stuff. She's she's applying at places like Apple Music, these sort of you know companies and stuff like that. And um, we get to like a couple of days before I'm about to fly down, and she just pulls a fucking 180. She's like, I don't know about this. Um, I want you to come with me, like an hour and a half away. No, no. No, she goes, I want you to meet this, um, what the fuck did she call it? Life coach? <laughs> oh, dude, it, it was like someone who can like tap into your past lives and give you some ins. A clairvoyant type of lady. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. how fucking hippie I the was, chick I'm dating was getting. I was like, oh, I was thinking shit, shaman. Man. Like you she went got from on that ayahuasca. Fucking, yeah. She's going to the fucking co-op feed now. She's getting like dry shampoo. This is shit's fucking going back. <laughs> Why do we have to deal with powdered milk all the time? <laughs> the fuck? I'm tired of adding water to shit, bitch. Get rid of my shitino. Doesn't hurt the cows. It's okay. Terrible. It's not a good road to get on the hippie road. And so, um, and so, and so, she's like, "Can you just go to this lady? I just want her to like. I've talked to her about this decision. She's told me what she thinks about me, but I feel like you should go." And I'm like, "Uh, okay." You're going to pay for it? Okay, I'll go do it. So that's like, that's where, sorry again to cut off like the story, but where my cynical capitalistic ass goes is like, this lady's clearly trying to just keep a client. Like, of course she wants you to stay and be unhappy because you're going to keep coming back to her. All your friends. No doubt, right? I'll get you to the piece of happiness three times a week. And it was like, for 45 minutes. 50 bucks a session. This is not like, I'm paying for the apartment, dude. So <laughs> I go and meet this lady. I think her name was like Grace or something. And um, I went in there totally like, all right, man. You're going to say some basic bitch Fisher Price, my first fucking therapy bullshit session. And I'm going to see right through the shit. And that'll be that. And I'll just, I'll be, I'll do what I always do, which is like, okay, yeah. Oh, that's not what I ordered, but I'll just, I, yeah, I'll just, I don't buy chicken. I'll just eat chicken. I was a steak. You would match those. But a chicken with, what is this, arugula? Ah, oh, fuck me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. That's usually what I fucking do, dude. That's, that's me. I'm, I don't, there's very few times where I want to be a loud asshole, you know? Right. It's, it's, I really, I really try to like pick my battles, but I don't like, I don't like being that type of guy. And so, um, after the experience, like, what, she sees my past life, whatever. She says I was always the gray man. I was this this man who wore gray suits. I never tried to stand out. I was always back in a crowd. 
I was always like, I did what you're supposed to do, which is I had the kids and the wife. And I was, and so she's kind of almost like painting this picture of like, Hey man, you better fucking pack everything you own up in your truck and go join this fucking band because you're not married. You don't have kids. And then she proceeded to, after we did the professional session, she was like, you know, I dated a musician and there came a point to where he had asked me like, you know, I want to pursue music, but what do you think I should do? And and she was like, you should do anything and everything that helps you be a creative, happy human being in this finite amount of time that you're on this planet. And she was like, my personal opinion is you should, you need to go and do this. You clearly want to do this. You should go do this. And so I came back with that. So it wasn't and a joint session. It was just you. No, it was me by myself. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. Which was, which was, which made it a little bit easier. It's like, all right, cool. You're not going to do lip service. Let's see what kind of, like either you're a real, real or you're a fake, fake or you're real fake. And that's okay too. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> what are we? We're humans. It's, it's the, we're, we're a little bit of both, dude. And to say that you're not is fucking weird and some sort of narcissistic shit that I can't hang out with anymore. And so we, like, I come back and I'm like, dude, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like signs are pointing to going and doing this. And I'm like, I got like a horoscope app on my phone. Oh, what God. a fucking cuck. I'm a cuck. Wow. And I got this horoscope. Good and every you. fucking horoscope that I'm reading is like, something new is happening. Take this chance. Yeah. This next curve on the bend is going to be weird and it might be crazy, but it's, you know, so I'm just like, dude, it's, it's time to do this. Right. Talk with, with, with the chick I'm dating. And she's like, she doesn't want to do it. We go to this dinner the night before I'm going to go to the airport and she's crying at the table. And she's like, this is, did you leave? This is going to be the end of us. And I'm like, I'm just going for a two week. What the fuck? We're, we had a plan. I'm going for two weeks. And yeah. if it sucks, then I, then I just come back and I work at this shitty printing job. And I let you wear whatever stupid shit you want to wear and buy these stupid fucking Daisy Fuentes pillows that are not for using. I, I so don't want to get sidetracked, but Daisy Fuentes, I haven't thought of her in a while. How do you think she's doing? Dude, I think she's a little thicker. <laughs> And I'm fucking with that, bro. I want that. Dude. Like if she's dude. Chrissy Teigen, you know, that kind of thing. Like, what's up? Right. Was what's up? she? I go, honey, how much hall pass. Is she 50? Daisy Fuentes. She, I bet, I bet you she's probably like early, like mid forties. Okay. Yeah. I think her career really kicked in when she was like early twenties. So, dude, you know. She was, she was. Oh God, she was fucking it. smoking. Are it. you kidding me? It. I love me the Latin ladies. <laughs> Good thing my wife's on vacation with the kids. So in the Philippines, this dinner, this dinner fucking sucks. It's terrible. Now I'm feeling like, dude, I'm an asshole. But the plane tickets already paid for. Mm. Like I've already, I was like, dude, I have committed to these people who have, who have like spent money on this tour on merch and everything, and like they need a singer. I cannot fuck them over. Like, and I'm not going to do that. Like you are, you know, realistically, you're not my favorite human being. So I'm not going to do that shit to them. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I go, let's, I was like, Hey, just trust the plan. Let's just see what happens. Philly. You know? And so I fly down. Sorry. You I was like, I was like, shout out Sam Hinkie. Trust the plan. Trust the process. Joel Embiid. He's in the, 
NBA playoffs. I, that, that's where my mind. Oh, okay, no, I, I'm familiar really... with the name only because I I scroll Instagram, but um, yeah. <laughs> but sports, but dude, there's teams. there's <laughs> some real basic wisdom in that shit where it's like the returns are not immediate the next day. Yes. Like if we've made this plan, you can't say it's a shitty plan until you actually go through yes. the plan. You Follow must through. trust the yeah. process. Have we thought it out? Did we do things the right way? It's going to work out because we're in agreement. That's dude. That Let that's, me, let me just try it no doubt. and make up my mind. So I come home to you either fulfilled or like, yo, this band is the jam and, and this is something I need to do. So pack your shit because we're, you're going back to Sherman Oaks. Hey, what a bitch. Bye-bye. I, I um, feel, I feel but, like that's a relationship seesaw though, right? Like you've given two years and you've kind of conceded a lot of things. And is it, am I being too insensitive and over masculine to say it's time the seesaw for you, you came down. And like, if you're asking for a two week, let me feel this out, come back with some recon and break it down for you. Like, I don't feel that's unreasonable. So either you're lying to me about something or yeah, you made the, or yeah. the universe protected you and broke this relationship up. And I will be 110% honest with you. Impossible, but go. I stuck around on Twitter. I was kind of like checking out the people she was kind of like constantly talking back and forth with on Instagram. And I started to sort of be like, I think she's getting attention from other humans and not that they're going to fly out and fuck her in my apartment, but I can tell that her gaze is no longer upon me. So I was like, something's happening here. And I think like we're trying to be romantic about not seeing it and trying, you know, trying to make drama out of nothing. But I was like, the, the proof is in the pudding in a way, you know? Gotcha. So I go down. Um, I do this tour. Okay. It's supposed to be a two week tour. We, my voice goes out after the second show. I no longer have a voice and we have like six, seven more shows to do. By the way, is that, I'm like writing on a pad. Is that a big deal? If you're a lead singer in a band, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, dude, if I can't (laughs) sing, what the fuck am I doing, bro? I'm like that dude in in fucking the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones that just dances. Fuck that. I hate dance. Tambourines, man. Right? Symbols. I guess I could just whip out the Jinkos and do a fucking little number. You know what I'm saying? I just I just skate around ollieing. I could just break dance with my fucking visor and my purple fucking denim and show these fuckers what it's really all about. And I never drop Um, the pacifier. Wait, can you break dance? Can you actually break it? I dance? have ate all my sweet tarts or whatever the fuck they put on the string. I don't know what they fucking did, but it was glorious. I remember, I think they used to do cereal too. Fucking dumb. Um, so uh, I, we, the tour, uh, so in my head, I'm like, I've lost my voice. This is not starting out very well. We get out to Texas. We break down. Okay. And we don't break down and like cool Dallas or Austin. We break down in the third ward. Which is oh shit, I've heard the bad. Yep, the bad area, dude. Like hoodie as fuck, and I walked home drunk ten miles through Pasadena, fucked up at like two in the morning. It, it, there's some scary situations that happen. This was like, hey, did everybody bring a pocket knife? We're all gonna go to the gas station with pocket knives, just because there's like seventeen straight fucking dogs whipping through this block, and nobody has a fucking fence, dude. So it's gonna get weird out here fucking crazy not 
to mention the place we're playing at, dude. Okay, it was kind of cool, but it was also very scummy. And I think that's what I like about punk rock. It's an abandoned movie theater that was a small movie theater. And they just gutted everything except for one row and this, like, riser stage sort of thing. But there's still, like, the purple curtains back behind. And everywhere else in the building is, like, giant overstuffed Cabbage Patch Kids, ripped-off merry-go-round horses, like, stapled shit up. There's all these punkers squatting. They're making, like, vegan chili in this crazy fucking bag with a hot plate. And they're like, for the band, man. I'm like, oh. And there's, like, this dude who's talking about how him and his girlfriend rode their bikes from Washington all the way to Texas. And then they're going to go to, like, where all the bums go, which is, like, I think fucking Santa Cruz. I think that's where they all gather. And, um... And so it, it just fun fact. The, it, things are becoming more and more not good, right? Like the tour is starting to take a real bad twist. Yeah, but you're so, secretly loving it, right? Like from the oh, mundane dude. life of graphic design or I mean, all that shit. Dude, I'm, like, I'm on stage again. Yeah. I'm on stage again, and there might be just six people, and they might be just the people from the bands that are playing after us. But I'm back doing it, and I'm with my friends, and we're stoned. I'm probably a little drunk. And I'm fucking having the time of my life, right? And I'm, and I'm like 30 at this point. And everybody else in the band is like mid-20s. So um, it's, it's kind of weird. It's like everybody we're playing with is like maybe 21 and younger, dude. It's very fucking weird. Like a lot of these bands, all these, a lot of these like cool spaces where like they got pizza and soda. I'm like, where's the fucking drugs and the... Dude, what happened to the punk rock scene? You guys are playing Pokemon... Uh, on your guys' little Nintendo DS's, but nobody wants to smoke this joint with me? I'm too old. I'm going to the van, dude. That's no, van, like, dude. That shit really happened, huh? Like, yeah, that's a multiple real... times. I was like, oh, this pop punk shit is... I'm like, dude, we are the hardest band this whole tour, and we're not that hard, so this is going to be good. It's going to be real good. <laughs> so, we end up being stuck in Texas for like three days. We're having to pay for a hotel. Or should I say... A lot of the parents that we have were helping us out right at this moment with this. Long story short, we have to sell the van. We get 300 bucks for the van. Or I think it was maybe 300 500 bucks for the van. But now we have our trailer with easily five grand worth of music equipment in it. And this trailer, which cost another four grand. And we're not leaving the shit here in Texas. So what do we got to do? Well, two people are going to take a fucking U-Haul box truck. With tow hitch, or not the tow hitch. We're gonna we're gonna tow the trailer, but we're gonna also put all the equipment in the box van. And then the rest, uh, four people, have to take a Greyhound bus from Texas to California, dude. Have you ever taken a Greyhound bus, dude? <laughs> um, to New York from Delaware to New York City, yes. Okay, and what was it like at the multiple stops, bro? What um, did it? So what was the five? To, to, to be place. honest with you, not I didn't have any multiple stops. I did okay. do I but so to understand what you're getting at, I got an Airbnb when I went to Nashville and I had my ten year old daughter and it, it felt like the generic real world place, which I didn't realize right. it was. <laughs> Right, like all the people who were like waiting on the callback from the real world right. were like, "Let's stay on our game, do our vocal prep here for it." And 
a block away was the bus station. And every time we had to go anywhere, we had to walk by the bus station and it was life-changing for my daughter. Like she couldn't understand the depravity and just like the openness of being fuck like filthy is the wrong word it's so hard to describe like it's it's just it you don't want to say scummy but it is shameless man it's shameless if you ever watch shameless on showtime like it's it's fucking anything and everything and it's all out there and it's like why do you have a fucking what the fuck you looking at me for motherfucker like i'm I'm fine talking to my schizophrenic self right now i don't need medication (laughs) bitch you're the motherfucker needs medication if you think this is strange and you're like whoa just, like, honey, we're not going to go to Subway tonight. I'll just, let's just do it at the hotel. Dude, we'll take the super long way around. But yeah, so I get your point about Greyhound. If you're yeah, multiple day, is that a multiple day trip? I think it's it was to... a full 32 hours. Yeah, fuck, man. Which was, I mean, dude, the the drive for me and my bass player, because we had the, the U-Haul, it was 28 hours. And we stopped one time because it was, A, it was fucking windy as fuck. And the whole box truck was like, it was like pushing yeah. us off into the ditch or into the other lane because it was just so light. We didn't have that much stuff in there. You know, it wasn't a full moving van. It was just a couple of fucking amps and the drum set and some clothes and shit. And, um, and we stopped at this one place to just relax and, and catch some sleep. And we're parked and the wind is making the van move so much that, A, we can't sleep in this single cab fucking box truck anyways. What the <laughs> fuck are we thinking? There's no... There's no godly way to get comfortable in there. And on top of that, the wind is like, it's just, you, you can't find peace. So we just said, fuck it. We tried to sleep for two hours. We just said, fuck it. And we just boned it all the way back to California, dude. And we did it in 23 hours. Just like literally straight. Like taking break, like like taking nap breaks, you know, trading yeah. off and just making it back. So we come back from this two-week tour that I'm just trying out with the band. <laughs> I've lost all my I lost all my money the first fucking two days because I only brought 150 bucks. Because I gave my girl all the rest of my fucking money, bro. Stop, dude. Stop. Dude. You're such I a nice guy. Biggest, it's not good. You're John. such a I nice guy. Tom, you're such it wasn't, a nice guy. It wasn't my proudest moment, bro. It wasn't. And I still thought I was an asshole. I was like, dude, that's <clears throat> she's so mad. She's probably thinks I'm like living it up and I'm like, this is stressful. <laughs> Whatever. Pussy shit. And so we get back and I'm like, this is, I don't know, man, this is kind of weird. And Johnny was like, yeah, he's like, dude, we got to like, he's like, we got to figure out how we're going to financially come back from this. So like, why don't you just go back, take a break and we'll, we'll connect with you later and we'll see like, cause like we totally want you in the band, but we understand that wasn't the best show of what we have to offer. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you fucking think bro. I'm probably going to come home to a fucking three dudes drilling my chick right now. It's going to be sucky. And so I am I'm broke. <laughs> I fly Hopefully she's in. recording it and my nanny cam, or maybe that was it. Tell yeah. me, tell me you put yeah. the nanny cam up. So you're like live streaming this with subscribers. Oh no, dude, because that would be too much cheaper for me. I want to feel things with my heart. <gasps> Fuck was I doing? Um, it, it was bad, but so I come back and she picks me up from the airport. It's like seven or eight at night. And it's just fucking weird, dude. It's quiet. She's in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt, like some fucking rich housewife from fucking Miami, and she's oh. neither or none. And um, 
Is it so? We get back to the apartment. I got I'm sorry, man. I I want to picture the the weirdness a little bit more. So I'm a big eye contact guy, and if you're yeah, a little, I, I don't want to call minimal. you passive aggressive or if you're not confrontational, that's the word. Right. Right. Like, are you feeling the eye contact? Is it really just the dressing or the the attire that's giving it's, you the vibe? Um, it's my hyper awareness. Which has served me well with different because you know like if you're at a party and you invite different groups of people that don't know each other but you know them, and then you're kind of like okay, so I've got to kind of navigate how these people are and how they're going to coexist at my party. So I'm going to be hyper aware of like is this person being cool with this person? Is this is this type of person some somebody that this type of person hates? Whatever. So I've always been very like hyper. I used to go to parties when I was in high school and pretend I fell asleep on the couch just so I could. He, like daredevil just hear everything <laughs> like a fucking weirdo dude that's weird shit dude, the fact that you said i used to pretend i fell asleep versus passed out should say everything <laughs> just the framing yeah, of that I like was, dude just put a 40 by you man weird. right like empty yeah, 40 I, bottle <laughs> i uh when i hit it dude i hit it hard but it took me a while i don't think i really started really drinking until maybe 22 oh man wow because I, I was like a stoner. I was like, let's fucking get high as fuck. Uh, okay. And let's take mushrooms. Let's go fucking walk around outside. Because it's trippy out here. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, then the that explains the observationalist, just, man. Because you like that's yes. all you do, man. When you do that kind of shit, you're all in your head. You're all philosophical. You're all yes. stereotyping. You're you're generalizing. And right? I'm, you're and looking I'm for exacerbating, patterns. I'm exacerbating what the reality is. So like, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, she's fucking pissed. Like, she's over me. And yeah. maybe she's just like, oh, it's kind of weird because we haven't seen each other in two weeks and we left. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it could have been whatever. But we get back to the ho- to, to the apartment. And she and we had both talked about her, one of her female friends coming and she had to get out of her apartment. I was like, have her come and live while I'm gone. And she can just be a roommate because we're going to like, if this all works out, we're eventually move back. She can take the apartment, whatever. So I come back. The apartment is completely rearranged. Oh, that's All my shit is gathered in the fucking closet. Trigger. And when I saw that, I was like, okay. I went and turned. I was like, Dominic, at this point... What we thought was going to happen has happened. This relationship's over. It's fucking weird. And I'm not going to do weird anymore. I'm not going to be weird anymore. I'm not going to just do it and say that I like it when I really don't. So um, I'm just sitting on the bed. I'm just like tripping out for a second. She goes, are you hungry? I'm going to run to Taco Bell and get some food. And I was like, nah, I'm not really hungry. So okay. I'll be right back. And I was like, okay. I'm about to burn this bitch so, down. Yeah. I was like, all right. So I grabbed my truck keys, grab my wallet, grab a jacket. And I'm like, Bye! and I just go over to the bar, go to Chadwick's, right? Which I've never been there before. I'm just like, this is, this is the time in the movie where Fang Sinatra starts singing. And one more through the road. You know what I'm saying? That old song. So give me one for my baby. And I was like, this is it, dude. I'm going to be the fucking dude at the bar drinking shots and talking about how I lost it all. I lost it, man. So, and she's better than me. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because furniture's rearranged? Or like, is your shit in garbage bags no, and you're like Eminem and 8 Mile? You would have to be very naive to not feel everything. All right. To not to not feel 
her her energy towards me, the God. way the apartment looked in our bedroom, the way our bedroom looked, like it was like they took all of my shit that I had hung up, whatever, and it was all in the closet. So it, it was very, very clear, like, hey, I can be a cuck, but I ain't a bitch. So now I'm like, okay. So I go to this bar. I'm having some beer. I'm having some shots. I'm watching this guy do stand-up. He's not from here. He's, he's doing this open mic thing, and I'm just like, fuck. I'm like, my life's kind of shitty, but at least it's not open mic bombing shitty because that can be that can be pretty bad. But at I the same time, you're are. wondering, does he need a roommate? Could I maybe? Yeah, I'm like, hey, where do you live, bro? Hey, where are you from, dog? Because I might need a place to live. Like, I, you need a driver for this shit of a comedy tour that you're part of? I'm just kidding. Can I open for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would hey, be you like the love. you a YouTube guy or something? Because I'm really just at, at the fucking bottom of the barrel. I'm five Jamesons in. And your lifestyle looks better than mine. That's how fucking drunk I am. So I... I'm pretty good. Oh, I'm I'm pretty George Thorogood. good. I've got like one bourbon, one whiskey, one beer going on. Nice. Good and difference. I'm I'm like going outside and I'm chain smoking, like like I bought a pack of cigarettes at the little because it's a you know it's like fucking 1920 over here. They have a machine with a little cigarette thing, and you can put the money in. They go and all of a sudden the pull handles and all that shit. Yes, dude. So I'm outside. I'm just I got my tailgate down. I'm just outside the parking lot on the thing, and I'm just I'm sending these drunk texts of like I know it's over. <laughs> whatever just the, just the cuckiest shit that you could ever imagine dude. Yeah. and she's just like where are you oh my god i hope you're safe just come home and i'm like nah i don't want that's not my home anymore it's fucking super weird and it's been weird for a long time and it, it took this and like i'm like this is it's it's over like this is weird this is fucking like like i don't know how our plan went to shit and now i'm drunk so now nothing's gonna make sense so don't even try to fucking have a conversation with me lady so it's gonna get a little bit dark here. So stay with me. Um, Been waiting, by the way. Been waiting to make you just go back to that place. Okay. So thank you for being there. Everybody, get out their razors and their fucking Marilyn Manson CD because we're not going for attention. We're going for results, baby. Uh, so I'm shit faced and I'm drunk, crying, smoking cigarettes, like it's fucking over, man. <laughs> Whatever the shit. I get in my truck. And I just get on the freeway and I'm just going and I just start speeding up Oh no! and I'm crying oh, no. and I'm like punching my steering wheel and I'm just keep speeding up. And I'm like, dude, my parents probably think I'm a fucking jackass. We're going for this band and all the help they've given me. My girls don't want to be with me. My brother's in LA, so I can't, like he doesn't, and I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to burden him with this shit because he's got his kid and a wife and all this shit. And I'm like, I'm, and I'm like, I, all my fucking high school buddies are in California. I'm like, without her, I'm like kind of really alone besides my mom. You know what I mean? I don't want to tell my mom. This is weird. And so I'm just like driving and I'm just like, what if I just fucking go whip and just pull a fucking fight club, bitch? Tell her to Wow. So at some point, something happens where I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I, I exit, I pull over to this Walmart in South Medford, and I'm like, I'm not going to be someone who kills themselves over a female. Unless that female was my daughter or my sister or my mom that died tragically or that somebody killed them. 
that's when I could see me losing all my, you know, my marbles. And I was like, you're going to sleep in this fucking truck in Walmart tonight. And then you're going to go back and you're going to get all your shit and you're going to fucking go down to California and you're just going to fucking join this band. And if we got to fucking suck dick to get a van or trailer, then that's what we're going to fucking do. You're going to be the best FF Felicio son of a bitch that fucking Southern California has ever fucking seen, brother. And that's what I did, dude. I remember waking up at like three in the morning and just opening the car door and just pissing out the door and just being like, do they have cameras out here? <laughs> Waiting for the rain to come up. And then got back in my car. Slept for another three hours, came back, knocked on the apartment door. Wait, knocked? Door. How do you not just use your keys? Why are you knocking? Oh, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't know. I think she gave, she had the extra key for the, her roommate or whatever. Um, cause I mean, dude, this is the first night that I flown in, you know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I, it's, it's been like two weeks since I've been there and she's a bitch. And so, <laughs> no, she's a decent human being and. We were young and dumb and full of cum, and you know, since then it's been understood, it's been realized that the, what was right for me, and at the end of the day, for her as human beings, we, we were not supposed to be together. Right? It, it wasn't a healthy relationship, and I and we are both happier doing what else we're doing. Sometimes. And so, um, to to nutshell it, I packed all my stuff up, and I just, dude, I flew, I flew, I drove down with my little Ford single cab, four banger little stick shift truck. With everything that I held dear, which was my clothes, all the memorabilia from bands that I've kept, some high school pictures, my Xbox 360, because don't fuck around, and my little 22-inch fucking smart TV, okay? <laughs> and that's what I came down with, dude. And I went from fucking couch to house to house till it all started rolling. The band started rolling. We started getting momentum. And the rest is history, dude. It was a beautiful journey. And now I am fucking so happy to be married to my wife to have my little boy to have my little girl to have a job where i get to um be somewhere new every couple of days i get to dictate when i want to go home when i want to be there i get to play with big toys and i get to fucking tell stories you know to people like you like it's, it's still it's still fucking awesome it's still fucking happening you know what i mean i'm still in this world of of connecting with people even though I'm, I'm a dad now, you know, because I can really, I mean, for me, I was like, when we first got pregnant, I was like, well, I'm just, I'm still going to do the band. We just got signed. So, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's cool, but I would be going on tour because I have put my heart and soul into this. Music was there for me before you were there for me. Oh, this shit. is the one thing that I've always known to believe in. You know what I mean? So you're not going to fucking take this away from me. Mm -hmm. Not when it's finally happening for me. And she was like, Okay, slow down, calm down. Uh, let's just see how it goes. And I was like, "All right, just so you know, it's first, you know? <laughs> right?" And um, that child ended up. Uh, unfortunately, there's some complications, and it was a miscarriage, oh, which was man. like, uh, you know, that that sucked, and we we had to kind of come to reconciliation with that. And then after we got to this place of going, like, you know what? When we have, you know, we want to have kids because we just found that out going through this thing like we both really want to have that yeah it's... but if it didn't happen now i got plenty of semen you got plenty of eggs baby we're gonna make some babies let's not worry about that you know let's get yeah let's get married let's 
find out where we want to fucking actually have these kids at. Do we want an apartment? Do we want them to share a room? Like, do we really want to give them shit? You know, do we want to give them as much of this fucking white picket fence American dream that we can? Let's go for that. And so that was the turning point where I was like, like, I'm going to marry this woman because she's down as fuck. She has literally held off for the first year of us dating of me putting her on my social media for me claiming her to be my girlfriend. Like she really, I was like, listen, I'm going to be gone almost every other month. So I don't want to commit to you on this fast level. How about you see how it goes? And if you want to be in a relationship with someone who's not going to be around half of the year, Mm. because that's something I don't think you've dealt with before. And I'm not going to stop being in this band. So you either going to have to be with this flow or this is just not going to work out. And let's, you know, let's, let's figure it out sooner than later. She was like, as long as you're not fucking other chicks and you're giving, like, if I am the girl that you are giving your, your time attention to, she's like, then I believe it's worth it for you to pursue your dream. I know how happy this makes you. I've seen you on stage. I don't want to stop you from your dream. I will support you, you know, but just know that the more serious we get, you've got to be there as, as a partner. And I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. pretty Let reasonable. me make a run at this. Yeah. I was like, let me make a run at this. And if I've given it my best and it hasn't happened, I can fucking die with no regrets. Help and me, that's, that's literally what happened. Help me just timeline-wise understand. Right. Because wifey-wise, I'm I'm hearing okay, some right. real... No, so, no, 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 no. Hold on. Wait, wait. So, like, just... just um, Let me think if I word this right. Wifey-wise, it seems so wise. It's like she knew if she was the reason you didn't get to pursue the being signed portion of the career, the resentment would just fucking rot the whole foundation of relationship. You're fucked anyway. And then at the same time- And I was very vocal about my my last relationship. So she knew what was up. You know, She knew I was no longer going to- I was not going to go that way. I was going to go hard right the other way, you know? And and at the same time though, she's like, dude, if you're going to be the tour guy that goes and fucks every groupie and you're not about like this time with me, fuck, I want to be around you for anyway. So it's like, she really like, she's like a chess master at this point. She's seeing all these moves to try to help (laughs) you realize. She would love you saying that too, because she, she is, um, Controlling, I say controlling in a, in a co- comical way, but Strategic. she's very like organized and she's realistic and she she can she's strategic and she can plan. Yeah, right. You know, like everything that we've had that's good is because she she planned her credit, she planned her purchases, <laughs> she got a car that she could afford, she paid it off in time. She's responsible. She's taking care of her credit card. She has great credit. Like she <clears throat> she knew she was like my dream is to have kids and be married and just i just want a house i just i want i've done all the drugs i've had all the fun times i want to do i've done this kind of stuff i've you know i just want some my my family background is not normal and i want normal and i was like dude i want to give you a normal baby i want to give you that you know so from joining the band stanley in the search and just taking all my stuff in that truck and joining that band Three years later, I met my wife, and about a year and a half after being with her, my drummer decided he didn't want to do the grind anymore, and he wanted to stay home, and, and he has this uh, recording studio with these bands and stuff, and he can make good money, and, and you know, his pops was pressuring him about running the studio because he had put all this money into it, so it was this whole kind of thing that I, I completely understood, you know, and I was like, well, I'm going to have a kid, because we got pregnant again, I was like, we're going to have a kid, and 
this time I don't want to be the dad who's on toilet time. Like, I want this shit. Like, I like I've done every cool adventure. I've done some trippy ass shit. I've done some very dangerous shit. I've done a bunch of drugs. I've had many unprotected sex. I have not had any STDs. I've been very fucking lucky and like not even cool. Easy, enough, easy. Dumb, so dumb just idiot. side note, side note. What if like the war on drugs? What if STDs is kind of a lie? Just, just throwing it out there, spitballing at the moment. But well, like if I you mean, look at the I percentages, I'm living proof. I'm kind of living proof because I've had some sex where I'm like, "Hey, just met you. Bye, <laughs> bye now. You'll never see me again, Indiana. Take it easy." <laughs> uh, and and so um, yeah, and so that three years, I, I had a good three years of just being with myself. Like at the end of the night, when I came oh, wait, from work, so you're talking about unprotected life. sex just with yourself. That's well, that's, that's such a letdown because yeah, I use Sorry. all the right lotions. Everything is um, BPA free, whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. I try to go organic. I'm a big, um, I'm a big proponent of uh, coconut oil. Nonsense. <laughs> I'm not even lying about that last part. I really do like that for sex. What's weird now is that um, every time I saw it, I'm like, fuck it? Are we fucking? Oh, you're making pancakes. My bad. This is weird. <laughs> Kids, look away. This is how we made you. <laughs> and, and you know what? To, to, to wrap up that whole thing, um, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I've got stories for the rest of time. And I've also, you know, in, in about two or three months, I'm going to have the truck of my dreams. And that's it, dude. That's all I need. What do you mean the truck of your dreams? You're talking like customized oh, shit? Oh, you want to shame just... me? Here it comes. I was wondering when this podcast was going to go from, hey, you're my guest, to go fuck yourself. You know what, Sean? I drive a Scion XP. You happy now? Is that cool? Tattoo guy? Punk rock guy driving the most cuckiest toaster fucking car of all times? <laughs> wait, wait, you, dude. Do you feel fulfilled? Wait, 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 wait. The Scion XP, is that the actual like box thing? It's that... um. It's like it's like that sub company of Toyota. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. had like the XD, you know, XR. XB Holy thing. shit, dude! No, so and they, you you could kid them out. You could like mod them all the dude, time. Dude, 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 dude. Yeah, Kia bit them, and they made the cube. Yes. So yep, yep. dude, Kia no, no lie. When I had my daughter, what was the car I bought? <laughs> because of the headroom for the child car seat. Just take a guess. Take a guess. Take a guess. You get one guess. It's okay, but it's not a van, right? It's not the Kia Sedona. It's a fucking Sauron XP, man. Like, dude, it you was did? okay, dude. Because that's what we did, dude. Yeah, I'm telling. Like, we're kindred spirits, man. I'm sorry. We we're are, not, man. It's a people. rite of dad passage, bro. Dude, it was one of those things where it was like, wow, it's actually somewhat kind of stylish, but it could. It's oh, it not is. a minivan, but you're like feeling yourself trying to hold on to the. It's the whole trans. It's the whole transition. Like you're, it's your transition yes. car to trying to hold on to some sort of style. And, and then you buy these, dude. You buy Birkenstocks and then you are dad incarnate. And that's where I'm at, dude. I have embraced the way of the beer gut and of the hard work and of the, uh, you know. So what's just, the dream truck? The dream truck, well, I want something for work that I can tow an excavator and have, you know, have a trailer. So I want like, Ideally, it'd be nice to have one of those fucking big dually Dodges with okay. a diesel Cummins engine. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like a 3500. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That would be sweet. But a, mm -hmm. a big cab so I can take the kids and the family. We have the RV. Just 
everything I've seen in every fucking nineties movie where it yeah. was awesome. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? I want that. That, that, that. Those are my goals now. Like it's, it's no longer trying to get super fucked up and jump off some roof, you know, during the show. Now it's like, Hey, I want stability. I want finance options. It's dude. It's the yin yang, man. Like it, it's you yeah. can't appreciate hot without cold. You can't appreciate sweet without sour, right? Like yep. it's it's the it, it's the tale as old as time, as Disney has taught us. I've always seen it as like the next craziest fucking thing that I could do would be to get married and have kids, dude. That's the next <laughs> adventure. If I'm stacking seasons, dude, we're in season. 36 baby and it's on and we have some fucking spoiler alerts for you how how old are your kids my son is five and my daughter is three. Oh man so they're close enough where they'll actually be able to like hang as they get older yeah that's awesome and they're and they're pretty good so far like my son is super into dragon ball z and anything martial arts and boxing he's really into boxing so Dude. that's one thing i'm gonna try to help him pursue and get into Perfect. just for fun. I don't, I wouldn't want him to like be a professional boxer, but I'm not going to tell someone who's good at something that they can't do it. If it comes to that point. You Fuck know? Yeah, man. If you're passionate, just keep rolling. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was one thing that I was kind of bummed about with my dad is that, um, there was two things I was really into was skateboarding and music. And my dad had never come to a skate competition that I had entered. I only entered like three of them in my lifetime, mm-hmm. but I was like semi-sponsored locally I had like a clothing company that gave me free shit and I was making sponsor me tapes. And I really was taking skateboarding really serious. You know what I mean? I fucking wrecked myself a lot trying to, trying to get up there. And then when I got into music, it was just like, Oh man, if skating was like the best pair of shoes, well, the music was like fucking Fulcum jeans. I mean, worth every $75 worth. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I mean to say that. Huh? <laughs> And so, um, and he, he came to one show, dude, one show ever. And it was like, it was like maybe the second show that I'd ever played. And it was terrible. And he like actually kind of made fun of me about it. He was like, and I was like, you fucking fucker. And I, I about at that point to just fucking like go, like I have now I have to prove him and everybody else who doesn't think I can do this wrong. And that's really where like a lot of my motivation came from proving people wrong from going from being a wallflower as a kid to be like nah i'm gonna actually run this shit like i'm gonna be loud you're gonna yeah. know who i am you know what i mean and i'm gonna have fun in high school so i mean dude my senior year was like it was just like i everybody was cool as fuck all my teachers were cool as fuck with me like i i had the band like i was one of those dudes who had a band in high school that was playing shows while being in high school you know what i mean we'd, we'd have so many people come buyers and it, and it was just this really cool thing where i was like this is what i'm gonna do and that really carried all the way till my thirties. It took care of me, man. It, it gave me, it gave me like everything that I wanted. It gave me opportunities, meeting new people, meeting friends, traveling. You know what I mean? Dude, fucking traveling. I mean, we could do another hour on just traveling. How important that is. How fucking important it is to get out of your fucking town. Yeah. And literally talk to a stranger because half the time it's the shit. Half the like no more than half the time you realize, oh man, we're all just like weird on the outside skin we're different but in here we all kind of really like are worried about the same shit yeah and we really want the same shit and we really kind of mostly do give a fuck about people you know like yeah. it's the corny shit the more they come down like i was saying the corny stuff like everybody should really just be nice 
It's after school specials, man. Like they're 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 there for a reason. They're 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 hot for a reason because it's almost like a humanistic truth. And it's the thing I can't wrap my head around. Not to get too philosophical, but like no, let's do it. Let's wax uh, philosophical. I I feel like people have it in them, and I don't understand why it gets so fucked up. Well, you know, I would say probably one of the worst distractions that we have from, from doing that human to human contact is the, uh, the technological capabilities that we have, you know, like, dude, I'm a big VR guy. I got the Oculus quest too. I've got the PlayStation VR Yeah, but- and people are literally opting out of having regular meetings and they're doing zoom meetings like, like on the VR. So you're, so you see this fucking cartoon fuck and you're supposed to talk money with these with these fucking 2D sprites dude like what are we fucking doing here yeah but you know or like so no I'm thinking I'm just thinking I I took it more in that negative humanistic polarizing like Trump supporter kind of a way where it's like it's the team thing dude it's the fucking like it's instead of being like hey like to me I think this is a very valid point and this is like how I look at the situation I don't want cops to get killed just because they're cops, because I have family that are cops and they're of different ethnicities and friends and family. And I don't want black people to get killed just for being black. Like these two ideas can exist in the reality. Yeah. Right. I don't want this group of people to be considered a team and them just to be blanketed. Just like I don't want black people to be blanketed as one stereotypical thing. And if you can't fucking see both of the, those things, then we have a really big problem and everybody just wants to be on a team. They just want to fucking rant on Twitter. And if they ever were up with you in person or have like – imagine if if I made a stupid comment on that Joe Rogan post and, and you were like, dude, what the fuck? That was weird. I, part of me would be like, dude, come on my pockets and talk about it. Yeah, right. Like, 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 because that is the only real way where I'm going to be able to go, okay, that's why you think that way. I, I don't agree, but I can understand because you're like, from when you grew up, every human you met, every car you've ever been in, every single thing about you is your experience. How dare I think that you need to fucking give a shit about my singular experience on this planet that's so narcissistic that it's stupid and dangerous. And I think right now is the worst time for anybody to be narcissistic, for anyone to pick a team and not look at the general. We have two different groups of humans that we're putting into teams that we've pitted against each other. And then we've created that, like, they're not allowed to be anything out that like this, this Asian hate thing that's been going on. There's been a lot of statistics that have come out. But they're like they're not promoted because they're not like they're not very PC. So like you hear about these cases where it's like yeah. a lot of these situations. So there was like like six or seven cases that happened, and I don't know if it was in New York or in Los Angeles, but one of these major cities where a like sixty percent or either six percent or six different times the 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 violence that was being committed on Asian people was coming from Latin and Black people. Right. So what we've got is we've got this Black Lives Matter movement going and then you've got to stop the the Asian hate thing. But nobody wants to say like, hey, 
sometimes this group of people are racist and bad too. I think it's very scary when we get into this thing where we can't we can't post that article because it's not in the right scope or whatever. It gotcha. shouldn't be in a scope. It you can't be take on you can't take on like a righteous cause. Yeah, but it's, you're... it's very scary, dude. As soon as you forget that you are a human and susceptible to everything else that a human can be susceptible to, you really start creating this imperfect person to be, and then you end up with a weirdo fucking human, dude. And those, I mean, it doesn't help anything. I. Fuck, man. I, all I could think about was – so if we're all about teams, right? it, it becomes metric-driven where it's it, it's runs, right? Like when I think of teams, I think of spo- sports. I think of scores. Right. And yeah. when you post something, how do you get likes? How do you get favors? How do you get friends? How do you get followers? How do you get like social media acclaim? Yeah. Is It's the sounding board thing. And I wonder if that yeah. – really drives it and makes you pigeonhole yourself to be almost like what you were talking about where music musicians start biting other people's style so that they can kind yeah. of ride those tailcoats. I think you called it Comet Trail, which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah, right? Thank- like 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 that 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 would make sense. And I, but part of me is maybe because I'm old and I grew up with dial up, I'm like, is social media that fucking influential? That getting 30 likes or it, but it's gotta be similar to a band where like you're like, holy shit, I got a hundred people and I'm used to yeah. 20. Yeah. I'm fucking like, awesome. Hey, you're like, Whoa! we could play we could play this certain music and get more fans. Like we could jump right? on what's trending. It's just like yeah. you know what? So it's very simple. Every, every time I post stuff, nobody really cares. But as soon as I started playing like Black Lives Matter things, I started getting more followers. And then that becomes like I mean, I've done it. I fucking donated to George Floyd's family. I mean, I felt like, oh, let me do what I can. And, and I got wrapped up in the movement. And then I started seeing, like, I started having um, black people that I knew when I asked, like, hey, how can I help? Like, how, how can I just help more than just post something? I want to come. Like, is there a physical place for me to go and, like, do something physical to be a part of an actual um change like, tangible movement? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, what? Okay, and, uh, we're, all, we're all passionate. What the fuck are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, okay, it's cool, but what solution do you have? Yeah. Because if you're just going to rant and rave, then shut the fuck up about politics. If you have a better fucking way to do it, no doubt. get up there, convince me, and I'll vote for you if you're not a jackass. I'm down to vote for you if you're not a jackass. Because you, you need systems. You, you need police. If the police oh, system is fucked. If you don't think you need police, yeah. you're living in a trippy t- – trip, like you're either living in a very gated community. No doubt, no doubt. Or – or, or you're a victim of police brutality, and that's just kind – of, it's like, dude, it's, it's your the perfect example response. I give is like I grew up here in this small town, right? Everybody has guns. I had guns. I was shooting shotguns and rifles and pistols when I was eight years old. Never in my life had it ever crossed my mind that these guns were for doing harm to another human being that I didn't like. Hmm. Then I moved to Monroe. And this is like 98. So the gangs were still fucking cooking there. It was still pretty hoodie. There were drive-bys. There were kids from my high school that got shot or that did shootings that got arrested, like slammed on cop cars during fucking lunch. Like, cra- like dude, dudes would just take their cartons of milk and just, like, in waves throw them at the cops. I was like, where the fuck did I move to, bro? This is some <laughs> fucking stand the liver. How do I reach these kids? It was trippy, dude. <laughs> And then 
you see all these uh, all these 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 young kids because they came from a school that had a shooting and they're like all about banning guns and it's like listen man like that sucks but it's it's your your experience is going to dictate your outlook sometimes so if you yeah. grow up in the hood and you see guns used as a weapon I I don't know about that I see what weapon I see these guns used as fun accuracy sort of games and then also for hunting these people like people here they hunt they fill their third fucking freezer up yeah right and they're not going to costco for a year they're eating their yeah. own meat my i just dude for the first time ever in my life i have helped someone slaughter chickens that they raised for food yeah. and uh and I, and I that was like the last episode that i did i had my buddy on he was trying to like get really Bible something I had to cut them off and tell them about slicing chicken's neck just to keep my show the third hole because that's what it's fucking called okay comes out weekly found wherever podcast found okay I'm done, done. Sean, I'm sorry Sean I'm sorry come on a little shameless self-promotion forget about it you know what I mean <laughs> but listen I think what we just did right now where I literally did not know who the fuck you were at all <laughs> You, you literally saw, I posted, I think I posted, the queef made it, and I tagged Mark Norman, because I fucking love Mark Norman, and Joe List is pretty funny too, but Mark Norman is, he's fucking hilarious, and then you were like, hey Dom, would you like to come on my podcast, I was like, fuck yeah, dude, which seemed like, oh, I just like, should I put up a little bit more of a fight, like, what a fucking pussy I am, but this was cool, dude, this was awesome, I really feel like this is like, um, this can, this can be the counterweight to the social media um, blinders where we, where we really don't want to hang out in person, but we really love to like text back and forth about stuff and really go on 4chan and talk about, I love my chicken tendies or what the fuck these kids are talking about. But <laughs> it's just, it's something like we're older. So we, re- so we just, we know before the internet existed, we understood this. You know what I mean? Yeah. We went out at Friday nights and we were hanging out behind the fucking restaurant or wherever the fucking spot was to kick it. And people were break dancing or they were whatever, you know, pick your fucking poison. For me, it was like we would go over to behind this ice cream shop, smoke some cigarettes, and then try to skateboard with that little weird buzz that cigarette gives you, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. By the way. Menthols? Did you have to go menthol? Oh, dude. Bro, look at me right now in the eyes. <laughs> I fucking love me a menthol cigarette, a camel crush. I was about to say it had to be a camel, right? So like camels were like, like, so beer is a big deal down here in Southern Delaware and IPAs. I don't know what it's like on the West coast, but the alcohol content, right? So if you picture like Miller lights, like 4% and IPA is about like 6%. Right. I feel like menthol camels would be like a 12% beer that just got you there. Because it's like, you take more drabs because it's cool minty. So you're just fucking head changing yourself faster. I get it. I love it. I want it. You know what I mean? I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I actually quit smoking cigarettes when I got married because she was like, Oh, I, the smell just bothers me. I was like, all right, cool. Do you remember, do you, you remember know? that kissing you's like licking an ashtray? Yeah, dude. <laughs> that was- I remember, I remember making out with some chicks randomly at some bar and just being like, Oh, is that what it tastes like? Yeah. That is terrible, dude. No wonder we all get fucked up just a touch face. No doubt. I hope that doesn't come through my semen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, my semen is like mentholatum, dude. That shit. You can put that shit on an elbow joint, and it's like fucking tiger bomb. 
Delicious. <laughs> or, or is it like jet fuel on a blunt? You remember paying like an extra ten dollars because it's dipped uh, yeah, in jet dude, fuel kind of shit. <laughs> and they it's, got into so much shit, dude. It's just stupid. You're like, what the fuck? Anyway, all right. So Dom, man, let me um, yes, sir. Let me get you. Uh, let me get you out of here on this. Okay. Friend, since we don't know each other. Um, well, plus been, it's, it's late. It's probably like fucking one in the morning over there for you, and then it's fucking nah, pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's eleven nineteen. So I'm a. I, I, okay. You probably don't know this. Um, I'm a teacher, but tomorrow's field day. So okay. I'm I'm decently in shape as I'm getting into my forties, but I don't have right. to sit down all day. I'm in charge of the water bucket relay. So all I'm doing nice, all day dude. is like hyping kids up. It's when my voice is a little coarse. For the last two days, I've been hyping kids up to sprint in muddy grass as fast as they can oh, so that they slip and fall and bust their ass and everyone gets to laugh. Like it, it's almost like I a rite of passage. And so that's my day tomorrow. I'm not really worried about like being super alert. It's more okay. just being active, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, definitely. So I don't want you, if you've got the time, I don't want you to rush through this final segment. It's the yes. I'm, I'm gonna talk about the final thing. But let's do it. Let's do this damn thing. It's the one thing that I try to get like get you about on my pod. All right. Okay. Can I please get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Best first for last. Can I be honest with you? <laughs> Always. What the fuck does that mean? Stop, man. What do you take it as? Interpret it for me. <laughs> okay, okay. My best first for last. I I think of like a moment that was a first moment that I wish I could keep and have it like right before I die. Oh, wow. That's way So deeper. probably the very first time that I heard punk drums, and I'm talking about like... The very first time that I heard that, I, uh, like something happened into me to where I was like, this is the only music that I want to hear and play forever. So that's, that's, I would like to take that, that first moment with me till right before, you know, I'm at the old folks home and I've been getting trouble for pinching the old lady's asses and, and they're like rally really fucking finally to put that pillow and just wait until it stops moving. And I just want to hear, and then I died. Why are you not pinching the nurses? What like, what, why are you going for the old women? I, I, I because I feel like when I get old, I want to stay with the old. I don't want to try to get like it's just creepy, dude. Like I want to, I always want to go out as a G, and you got to stay in your age lane, bro. Maybe like it's like I'll do ten years younger. That's pretty cool. That's, like she's fifty and I'm like dead, and she's like, <laughs> you make me feel young again. I'm like, come here, let me smell it. If it's salmon, keep on slamming. If it's trout, pull it out. I so forgot about that phrase. <laughs> Was that on The Simpsons? Like leaves of three, let it be. Leaves of four, oh, eat some more. I don't know. I just I had this crazy <laughs> meth head guy that I used to work with, and he had like the best one liners of all time. He was like from South Dakota or some shit. It was weird. <laughs> they they do have this. All right, um, you're very welcome. Pass it on. So so yeah, take me there. And I love the interpretation. It it definitely is way deeper than um what I intended for it. Okay. Um, as far as like when I think of it, but I love the first thing you just want to hold on to so take me there what was what was it like the first time you heard those punk drums where were you what was it i was at my buddy i was at my buddy's house um he was one of the first friends that i made when i came to monrovia and um i kind of 
put myself into the community through um, skateboarding. That's how like I made all my first friends was skating out in front of the high school, doing the two tricks that I could fucking do, and a conversation always starts up that way. Right? Flexing, right? And, the, and some of these friends I'm still close friends with to this day from like the first two weeks of moving there. And um, and so my buddy JD, we went to his house. And um, we're just kind of taking a break from we're going to go skate at some school that's over by where he lives. And I'm just super stoked to, like, skate around Monroe. Get to this town. This guy seems fucking really cool. He seems like he's into the same stuff that I'm into. And um, and we go to his room and we're chilling. And he puts on Blink-182 Dude Ranch. Oh, shit. And, so um, it always comes back to Blink-182. And so, I, yep. And I was like, hey, um, play the drums kind of fast. <laughs> what is this? And he's like, oh yeah, this band Blink-182. Um, they're, I guess you would call it like skate punk. And I was like, nah, man, this is God's fucking shower song or some, this is epic proportions, dude. Later, I would find out a couple years later that my wife's, I mean, my wife's, my dad's wife, who I've known, so like, um, my, my parents were pretty young and my dad remarried when I was like four years old. And so I've known my stepmom my whole life, and I love her. She's my second mom. I'm very fucking lucky to have two fucking badass moms. But she was a nurse, and she actually was a nurse with Tom DeLong's mom in the same hospital in San Diego. And so um, she remembers her uh, Tom's mom coming in for a shift with Dude Ranch. Like shrink wrap, like my second on the CD, all this kind of shit. So um, it all, you know, and now aliens. So it's all, it's all tied in. Tom DeLonge losing his goddamn mind, or he's the smartest, or he's the only dude who convinced the government to shut the fuck up, dude. And that's you know, as soon as they got fucking Travis Barker with the shit. Sorry, Travis, you're really good at drums, but you fucking do too much for Blink Blink. Like you don't need all this intricacy for a band that's talking about having sex and playing with their wieners, dude. What did you do to my band? <laughs> so, and that's not any resentment. I don't have that deep gun side here underneath my Ninja Turtle tattoo. It's just something I keep on a cusp. You know what I mean? Forget about it. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. <laughs> you drifted. Dude, you are like Wilson. You just straight drifted away, and I could not keep up. I, I, I could not <laughs> grab you back on the raft, man. <laughs> you look like a less creepy uh, Tom Hanks. Like a Tom Hanks, I'd probably. I'd probably fuck, dude. I'll be honest with you. If we're going to be honest. And if I was, was going for that team, Fel- I'd make a pass. I'd be like, hey, nice jaw. I like a strong jawline. So you've got it. Fel- was it fellatio? What were you saying? Yes. All right. So Fellatio first, please. Fellatio Everything first. else after. Dude, it's something <laughs> It's something I do right at the end of of when whatever. When I'm fucking like doing the outro, there's music. And then I'm like, hey, right. thanks for Dominic for coming on the pod. And then I do this dumbass thing where I pick a word that really like tickles me, and I'm right. like, "Word of the pod, word of the pod is," and fellatio. I wanted to make sure I got that shit. Um, yes, yeah, dude. Because you didn't like. I was waiting for more. I don't know. Like I, I wanted some creepy basketball diaries type thing where all of a sudden you uh, connected well, we, to we this guy on a level. Story. <laughs> yeah, you have me back on again. I'll, I'll tell you about the time I got killed in San Francisco. All right, dude, that was something I fuck. Yeah, like <laughs> it was amazing. Two, like, and whatever. An hour and a half ago, I was like, "Oh, died three times." Let me make a note of that in case I want to actually ask. <laughs> and then it was like, "No, dude, let's fucking like just fuck around with the whole girlfriend breakup thing." Um, which was well, I mean, that was the biggest. Yeah, dude, that 
that was the biggest catalyst for probably the best lyrics I've ever written and some songs that came out on the album I, I had I was able to like do the music for. So this is like it's it's all is all part of it and music fucking saved my life, baby. West yeah. West. So let's add it'll it'll be this. What are some because you've said like the band, the band a couple of times and I don't know, right. I don't want to be insulting and be like, what is the name? No. I don't know if you're like not saying so, the name for some reason, but what is some like original shit people can find like on Spotify that you've been okay, a part cool. of? Yeah. So, um, there are two bands, but it's the same band. We changed our name and changed the members. So the first band would be Stanley and a search. And that's all the whole name, Stanley and the search. And we put out technically two albums, but it's basically like an EP. And then we added some songs and, and, and you know, re-put it out and re-promoted it. And, um, and that's called Weightless. So with Stanley in the Search, the album is Weightless. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube, whatever. There's a bunch of live stuff, some tour videos that uh, my buddy Rob G did and that uh, my buddy Zach did. And our buddy Ian Flanagan did. Shout out to Ian Flanagan. He did some great fucking photos. What a hell of a photographer. And... Um, and then when we changed our name, we put out a different, uh, another record. We, our band name was home movies. And, um, <laughs> we did, uh, we did an album called hell, which is like, I think it's like five or six songs, maybe a little bit more. That was probably, probably the most, I would say that's probably the most mature set of songs that I've been a part of. It was really cool to do that record. It was really cool to do that call, uh, that record with Kyle Black. And, um, <clears throat> And then also, um, if you are into bands that do covers, we did a cover of Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud. Um, and our our buddy um, Spencer Baldwin did a music video for us. And he just did a really cool idea for it. And um, and so check that out on YouTube too, Home Movies Thinking Out Loud. And that's all I'm going to shame. And then also, if, if I can, shame and self-promote, I have a podcast that I'm going to get Sean on uh, sooner than later when I come back from vacation. And that podcast is called The Third Hole. Here's my fridge. Hold on. Check out my fridge. Dude, that has to be your fucking dog or your dishwasher. That can't be a fridge. Dude, it freaks the kids out, and I love it. It's like Christmas story with the fucking furnace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fighting the fucking furnace down there. Um, and that podcast started with me just telling stories from tour, uh, stories from going out of the country and like, pissing my pants in Spain and throwing up in Ireland and just really cool stories that I've, that I've somehow been able to accumulate so if you like that and um if you just want to wait till sean comes on because you guys are some fair weather fucking fans that's good too uh but uh, either way check it out check out the music and i want to say before you get to all your last things up that um i'm really happy that i kind of just took a chance and had this conversation with you a stranger Dude, and awesome. um i really would like to have you on my podcast awesome. i think you're a fucking good egg and a damn decent human being and i think we could have a lot of fun conversation Dude, hell yeah. Like it, that, it's part of it, man. It's, it's part of the genuine, um, not to like overly promote or whatever, cause everybody's got to hustle, but like you can talk to people who are trying to sell shit and you don't like vibe. You're just kind of going through the sales pitch and then you talk to people and you're just fucking, I don't know, shooting the shit and it's fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the reason why I was asking about the albums, not only to help you because I've had some people on who create original music and they're like Spotify. Yeah. I think I make like 0.13 cents per download or play. Right. So if anyone can do it, we'd love to make like $3 a month on residuals. Yes. But tell I me, I don't see any of that money. So pirate it, bring back Napster, make LimeWire <laughs> great again. 
because these motherfuckers haven't given me a goddamn dime. I had, I had to buy a Are you serious? You see where I'm living? You see how I'm doing? Dude, you don't get any money from Spotify or anything like that with original um, music? No, and I don't think we should because we technically got signed and then uh, got fronted money for a record and then we broke up three months after. So Matt Medina, love you, Animal Style Records. Just keep my $3 a year and hey, the nice guy, I love you. Gotcha. So <laughs> what I what I realized the other day, that's a real interesting like industry like thought process, right? Like thought exercise right. of, wow, with the streaming, do you want upfront money? But that's a whole nother thing, man. I, I know you got to kind of bounce. Um, but what I did was on Spotify, I started, I created this playlist. It's getting to know your music and it's all the people, okay. all the people who have come on the pod, <clears throat> I put their music in the playlist. This way, if people see it, they're like, oh shit, that musician was on. Dude, let that's me check out their playlist. Slick idea. Right? I fucking I, dig that. I thought That's it was pretty cool. decent, right? Like not only brand association, whatever, getting to know you, getting to know your music, but it's kind of like I was cleaning out my Jeep. I had um Paige Turner who was on The Voice. Actually, I recorded with her right. last night and she's putting out albums and it was kind of my thought. I'm cleaning out my Jeep and I'm like, it's fucking cool that I've had like five, six different original artists. And you feel a different way. It almost goes back to your merch thing. You feel a different way listening to what someone's gone through and then hearing their music. Like it's, it's, it's neato. It's, it's cool. (laughs) I'll tell you something that, that people that, that have CDs and that sell them or they hand them out. This is the same thing that we all think and we all fucking do it. So even from when I fucking first was like handing out CDs where we just like stamped a fucking logo on the top of them and we're just giving them away at like gutter mouth shows or wherever the fuck we can get shows or we can go flyer. Right. Every single human being that I gave a CD to, I thought about. I said, they're going to go in their car and their drive home is going to be something that I made. And so what I would do is I'd get in my car and I'd drive home and I would, I would get into the mindset of them listening to my music for the first time. So I'd almost take myself out of the band and listen to it as an objective audience. And I think sometimes that really helped me become a better singer. It made me like realize the weak points in my singing, um, weak points in my bass playing. And, um, and it was just, it was one of those cool kind of critiquing little things that I would do and we all do it. So for anybody that, that, that just listens to a song or that takes the time to fucking check out a podcast episode. It's the most important thing for people like us who create this content. It really is. Um, it's the most fucking flattering thing in the world to me, dude, that anyone gives a shit about anything I'm doing is yeah. beyond my scope of, of, of self-awareness. It's, it's beautiful. It's touching. And I fucking love it. It, it, it really is amazing when you try to create something and someone else appreciates it and you're like, you don't even have to get it based on the way no. that I thought about it or whoever the creator is. But every single person I talk to who creates anything is like so grateful. They're, they're so yeah. thankful that someone took time, that they paused to consider something that was made. It, it, and it really honestly, that's and, – and it's just reciprocated. Because then you just like you, – you, you almost take on responsibility for someone liking yourself. Like, okay – then I have to fucking go hard. Like the next time that we come to this town, I'm going to jump right. off the fucking speaker. Right. So like I need, I need to give them a show. I'm going to smash 
I used to like smash the mic in my head and like make myself bleed a little bit just for shock. And so, yeah, we, we do it for our fans and, and it's really like without them, we're just doing stuff. So, so thank you for fucking creating and being a creative person. And thank you for promoting other people's creativity. That's fucking badass. Yeah, man. No. And that, and that was really it. I was like, man, if I can just get, if I can help someone get $2 for shit that they've put blood, sweat, tears and thought into, like that would be kind of neat. You know, it's and, the ultimate thank you. Yeah, right. All right, man. All right, Dominic. Thank you so much, man, for coming on, letting people get to know you. I um, I really appreciate your time. I'm glad that you're uh, you're settling down. I'm glad you're anchored. You know. Thank you, dude. It took <laughs> it only took about thirty three years, but I've never been one just to do it to do it. You know what I mean? At my own pace and at your own pace, there, America. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Sean. I appreciate it, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. Loved having you all, man. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Thanks to Dom for coming on the Getting to Know You pod. I fucking love, love, love the energy, the enthusiasm, the 90s references, your passions, man. I mean, um, and you really have some awesome kids, apparently, according to Instagram. Not that I'm stalking you, but have been following. Thank you for letting me and all the listeners get to know more about you, Dom. It was much appreciated, man. Speaking of appreciative, I'm super appreciative, as is anyone who's a part of his life. Thank you to Andre Psyche for supporting the Getting to Know You pod. Search up Andre Psyche, that's P-S-Y-C-H-E, on social media and give him a follow just for the fuck of it. If you haven't already, Speaking of follows, not just for the fuck of it. Friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Word of the pod. Word of the pod alert. Word of the pod. Excavator. Excavator is the word of the pod. Post that word on any of our social media or tag the Getting to Know You pod when you use it on yours to get a shout out on the very next podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review the Getting to Know You pod on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. Also, two bucks a month. Could you please go to our Patreon and support us in our quest to upgrade our sound equipment? If I can get business cards that I could leave to continue to get dope-ass guests like Dom was. And finally... If you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business, as evidenced by our Instagram post on June 7th, Sunday night. Want to be a part of it? Just message us. We out and about. Deuces. Deuces.